Oh, that's really loud. Good evening, everybody. We are kicking with the crew. We are back tonight. We are going to do a AFC South uh, breakdown slash prediction. And we're also going to go ahead to, before we get into that, we're going to go and uh, discuss over the schedule uh, that was released this week. So I'm pretty sure everybody's pretty excited to know that we're going to go ahead and start the season with Jacksonville uh, at home. And then we're going to go ahead and get into that. How is everybody doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to be here. I can discuss business. You're getting a lot of feedback, man. I am? Yeah, I think that's you. All right. Uh, give me one second. What's up, Chad? It's good to see you, man. How you doing tonight? We got some technical difficulties, so everybody's trying to situate that right now. But here is the 2023 uh, Indianapolis Colts schedule, which was released on Thursday evening. As everybody can see, we start the schedule uh, off week one with Jacksonville, uh, heading into Houston uh, for week two. Uh, then we go to Baltimore for week three. Uh, we come home uh, for uh, to play L.A. for week four. Week five, we got Tennessee uh, at home. And then Jacksonville in Jacksonville week six. Uh, so, again, for some reason, schedulers uh, tend to give us a lot of division games in the first few weeks of the season, where now we are starting the first six weeks with four division games. Uh, and then week seven, we got Cleveland. Week eight, we got New Orleans, uh, both at home. Week nine, we're in Carolina. Week 10, we'll be playing in Germany um against new england and then we got the bye week week 11 uh week 12 tampa bay comes into indy week 13 we go to tennessee week 14 we go to cincy week 15 pittsburgh comes comes to town week 16 we go to atlanta week 17 vegas comes into uh, indy and then week 18 we are playing houston at home nice hell yeah Oh, there he is. Nice. Can't wait, man. Can't wait for the season. I know I missed a little bit of the intro, but I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Appreciate uh, everybody coming through. We'll get this uh, spread out real quick here. Man, I'm doing good, man. I'm just ready for the season, man. Oh, yeah. Big time. Hey, Chad, make sure you drive home safe. We need you to get up on, on uh, the Facebook comments when you get home. Nathan, how you doing, brother? Mom, Dad, if you're watching, hope all is well. I just had dinner with you guys. Um, <laughs> What'd y'all eat? Uh, we went to a Mexican restaurant here, down. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. You cannot go wrong with that. Um, absolutely not. Saw my big old burritos. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Kind of saw my uncle, my aunt before they're getting married, so you know. That's in June. That ought to be fun. But it was good seeing them. Hell yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I took the boys out to the park and had them run around, blow some energy off. Um, so Nate's asking if anybody goes to games. Uh, Nate, uh, I've been to. I've been to one Colts game in my life. Uh, they played uh, Cincinnati. It was a uh, Philip Rivers year. Uh, I'm not from Indy, so it's pretty hard for me to go to games. And then being in the army, it's like I'm always away from wherever we're playing. So, uh, 
I think it was, what, 2020? Uh, I happened to be in Kentucky at the time that Indy was playing Cincinnati, and I went with uh, one of our old hosts, Andy. We went to the game together. Yeah, I've yeah. been to uh, quite a few games, but I've never been to Indianapolis. Um, I, When I was younger a lot, I used to try and make it to the games at the Colts against the Raiders and the 49ers. Uh, because I was living out there in the Bay and then whenever they visit. So I've been to a few games there, and I'm proud to say that I've never been to a uh, Colts game where we've lost. So I'm Me very either. proud of that. It's been all wins. Uh, the last one I went to um, was the one in uh, Vegas when we beat the Raiders. And then I also went to the one in 2018, which was Andrew Luck's last game when Morley Cox had the one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. So – so no loss. Damon and I are talking about possibly going to Houston, but it all depends with the new baby coming. So I might not be able to go, but we'll see. I actually live in Indy, and I've gone to several Colts games. Um, my wife and I went to a Patriots game a few years back when uh, Gronkowski threw Greg Toller out the club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I hated that game. Me too. Um I the most recent Colts game I went to probably about oh, I don't know 2019. We were terrible, but I think it was um, Jacoby Brissett versus Atlanta. I don't know whichever game that was, and Brissett diced up Atlanta. Um, I'm taking my old man to uh, most likely the Cincinnati. Um, Indianapolis game this year, that's going to happen. I'm either going to do that for Christmas gifts or just to get it done. But I've been to far more Colts games than I can remember just because I've been close and I'm spoiled like that at times. But, yeah, I've seen wins. I've seen losses. I saw – I've seen a lot of cool moments, but still not a ticket holder yet. Still not a ticket holder. Well, they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I definitely, if I if I lived in Indianapolis, I'd for sure be a ticket holder. I'd sp- I'd go out all out and get that. Uh, yeah, that's a, oh, that's Nate, a hey Nate, that's the that's the goal, man. That's the goal right there. That's what we're aiming to do one day. Eventually, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if we'll ever be able to get the in person ones, but. I'm definitely uh, trying to get us in with everybody that I can to try and get some of these guys on um, in on for interviews and whatnot. So we'll see how it goes. But we're definitely trying to get more people and get more content for you guys and get some good interviews and stuff like that and have people directly reach out to you guys. So we're, we're trying to rise up to get to that point. Yes, sir. So what's your first thoughts on the schedule? I actually hate it. Yeah, same here. So, I mean, I feel, I feel like a lot of, like, the, I don't know if it's like the NFL, the schedule makers, whatever it may be, the case may be. We always, like, the last few years, it's always been, like, look at our divisional games. Yep, four, 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 of, the first six, four of the like, first six, back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, dude, by, like, week, uh, was it okay? We do get the Titans a little bit later on one of them. We have two. Much, but pretty much by week six. I mean, the division is almost decided for us by that point. Yeah. So it's just like, like last year. Just like last year. It was exactly, like by week six. Exactly. So it's like, I don't know why the NFL schedule makers do that to us every single time. Um, 
I mean, they either want us to succeed really bad or to fail really bad, and I got, so, I got, I got the latter of it on those ones. The way, I, the way I think it is, is because, because I, I think the rest of the division is about the same. A lot of their division uh, games are pretty early. Are they? Uh, well, I didn't, I, I didn't so. check out uh, which, um, which days their schedule was. I think it's because the, the NFL knows this division's trash. Yeah, they probably just wanted to get it out of the way and just like, are right, you guys excited and. We'll just figure out the rest of it. I will say, though, I do appreciate that uh, they put our bye week kind of at the middle of the season, week 11. You know, I, I like that bye being there. Kind of what, what? first half and the second I, half. I like it being after the overseas game. Yeah, I think that's exactly. part of the new rules, though. Like, if you do play overseas, then your next week is a bye it's, week. It can't be because Jacksonville's got back-to-back overseas games. But they're overseas for two consecutive weeks. That's Yeah, why. I think – I think theirs is after that. that they second. don't right they, after that second game. They go on a buy oh, because yeah. I didn't really the, see their schedule. The competitive disadvantage would be traveling from England, jet lag, come back on a Monday, and then immediately turn around and play a play again on a Sunday. You're asking the body to do a lot. Right, I'll, t- I'll tell you, jet lag is a myth. All right. Speaking of a competitive disadvantage, the Bills, I want to say, are the only team in the NFL that doesn't play three games in the row at, uh, uh, on the road. Um. Well, we don't either. Yeah, we don't either. Looking at our we schedule, don't we don't either. We don't. No, either. Was, I don't know if maybe it wasn't exactly that, but it was something where it's like you we've got multiple away games or something like that because oh, we have uh, we have we have one at home then two away one home or two home one away two home one away or two away one home two away one home one away two home so i don't think it's really I'm mistaken on what exactly it was but it's probably the verbiage they were, they were the, yeah they were the only team in the nfl or something that didn't have like uh like something in their schedule i can't remember well, I can tell you, I, yeah, I see us starting off at least the first month, probably at best two and two, in my opinion. I was just about to say, I'd love to be two and two. To the first yeah, game. two and two. I, I have us losing week one, but just because I don't think we'll be firing on all cylinders week one, there's going to be that grace period of, uh, what is it, growing pains. I was hoping it'd be like, well, I don't know if Anthony Richardson's going to start week one or not, but I was hoping for the fact that if we did have a new mobile quarterback, it'd pretty much be a whole new system and scheme. We can kind of shake off the funk in Jacksonville. I was hoping that would be the case. Just like last year, they gave us the easiest opening day matchup, and we still couldn't pull out the win on opening day. So I'm hoping being at home, we typically beat Jacksonville at home. I'm hoping we can kind of shake some funk there. Uh, you know how that goes. Ah, uh, thanks a lot, Kendrick. You lose a ton of games. I mean, none of us have uh, said that we were going to win a lot. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely, we're all definitely on the same page here. Thank you for joining in tonight, though. Being a new viewer, who's who's your team, Kendrick? So that I can at least you know send um, a shot back at you. Oh, I shared this everywhere because of the fact that we were going to be talking about other team uh, teams in the division. So I did share this everywhere. So we might get a little bit of trash talk tonight. So, um, hey, that, hey, that's yeah. fine. I got the bottle for that. We'll be all right. Yeah. So I'm always down for that. Everywhere. Um, but for the most part, um, I would like to say that uh, 
looking at the teams that are on our schedule, um, the schedule is, is about as light as it gets. It's so, the 30th out of 32 easiest strength of schedule. So, I hey, mean, I'm not, no, I'm not even just talking about strength of schedule. I'm just talking about what I see overall from the teams. Like, I don't like strength of schedule because teams can immediately flip. Like, as we, when we get into it, I got a lot to say about Houston. And so, but just looking at the teams overall from what I think they'll be, the schedule is not very difficult. So, 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 I, I, you know, you said you said about Anthony uh, Richardson starting week one. Did y'all see the report that Frank Wright said that Bryce Young's not going to start week one, or that he's yeah. not the starter? That he's right not the starter. No, 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 they, 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 OTAs, they named uh, they OTAs. named Andy Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton the starter. Yeah, he's the week before uh, he even came in for rookie minicamp. Yeah, Andy Dalton is starting OTAs, even though Bryce Young will get. Majority of the reps. I just read an article on this, and uh, Frank Reich wants Bryce Young to earn everything, earn every rep, earn every start. You know what I think that is. That's you know what I think that is. Mentality behind it. You know what I think that is. I think that's the. I think that's just a a facade because we all know how Frank is. He's going to tell you what you want to hear. I think Frank likes having that vet. (laughs) I mean, I think it's just Frank not knowing what to do with with quarterbacks. Like, yep. you know, if he doesn't already have his guy established, he just doesn't really know. Like, if you look at our situation with backups over the last few years, it's never been like any other situation. Like, everybody would go to QB2 on the roster, not the Colts. They'll go, who who's there? Look through. Kind of, we yep. don't, we'll see who the starter is and just never knowing. And just like yep. uh, he got that question, if I remember correctly, I think it was from Greg Doyle or somebody. It says, Frank, you guys just seem like you really don't know what you're doing. Welcome to it, Carolina. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine that I uh, I served with at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. He's from he's from South Carolina, so he's an actual Panthers fan. And he uh, he's been posting up all the stuff about Carolina, and I just keep telling him, "Get ready for the Frank, get ready for Frank." Oh yeah, he's I get ready for it because that's gonna be that's gonna be something that drives you nuts. And he was like, and I remember the one time he answered back and he was like, well, just, that was your organization. I was like, nah, man, that was not, that was Frank. That was my coach. We gave Frank everything he wanted and and he did not run with it. He did not at all. Not at all. But again, looking at the schedule, man, I don't think my prediction changes at all from what I was predicting early on at the end of the season where we go uh, anywhere between six and eight. Uh If we, if we go more than eight, I think that's a, that's a sign that we need to go get some top free agents next year. That's my opinion. Go all in. Go all in. Because if we go six to eight with, you know, I mean, honestly, this roster wasn't bad last year. I think the yeah. team just didn't fit the way it was built. So the NFL is seeing it as we just sucked and we were a mess. Yep. And we were a mess because we weren't schematically built for Matt Ryan. So – in my opinion, we could win more than eight games, and maybe we don't have to go all in. That yeah, could, that, no. I mean, Josh Downs, in my opinion, I told you guys when we talked about after the draft, we did our post-draft uh, show, and I think it was you, DeMarco, who asked who was our favorite, who was our least favorite, whatever. Yep. And I told you guys my favorite was Josh Downs, and it's, it's seeming to be, you know, consistent that he's still my favorite drafting yeah, no, he's gonna he's gonna be a fan favorite yeah easily, easily. yeah i was oh, named i i totally agree with you on the six to eight 
um, I think for me, nothing has changed. And honestly, as much as people, uh, the people who have hated on Anthony Richardson, I don't think we need any quarterback to come out and, and be a hero. Like, literally all this team needs is efficiency on offense. If we can at least be efficient, um, this is a very winnable schedule. We have a very, a very well-rounded team. I wouldn't say that we have any names that just jump off the, the paper outside of JT and Buckner. Um, but as we've seen in the past, this team, can, if we're well-rounded, we can easily be a very competitive team. Um, I do think we will be competitive. Yeah. I do think it'll be something similar to last year where we are competitive in every single game. Yeah. Um, I don't think any of these games are going to be blowouts. Uh, to be fair, last year, most of our blowouts were from, like, the NFC East. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, that weren't even blowouts. The only blowout was Dallas. And that was eventually the team just kind of laid down and said, screw it, just go. Let's get this game over with. But we yeah. didn't get blown out, really. How many times did we lose by one point last year or two points last year? Uh, so, we lost by, I want to say, seven times. Yeah. By, by one and score. 17 to 16 was, like, the theme. Mm-hmm. of our scores last year. So uh, to be fair, I really think this team's going to be more competitive this year. Teams are going to have to score more points that, this year than they did last year to beat us. I do think our offense improved. Yeah, I think our defense is continu- continuously builds. Yeah. Um, I'm not for sure if it's going to be like last year where you knew you had a pretty dominant defense early. Right. But as long as that defense just stays steady – and our offense consistent is consistent again. Like I don't care about wins and losses this year. That means nothing to me. I just want to see, you know, if Richardson's a guy from week week one. I just want to see steady and continuous development. Right. That's, We've been talking about that all off season. Yeah, that's, that's, all, all, that yeah. that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I was just about to say uh, to your point, Zach. Even if um. With Dang, the bro, that drink up. messing you up over there. <laughs> nah, it's, uh, it's gassing me up. Um, I, I saw your eye roll that, funny the one time. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to burp. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, the schedule, um, I felt like the teams that we play can still give us an opportunity to look a lot better than we did right. last year. Right. So it's like opening up with Jacksonville, who we've seen Matt Ryan put up 30 on them. You know, I mean, we obviously had the shutout last year. Where we just looked awful. And then we obviously got Texans who we can hang with easily. Baltimore may be a little bit of a challenge, but as long as our defense hangs in there, like you think about the game where we played Baltimore, uh, not last year, but two years ago, where we should have won that game. But yeah. Frank Wright didn't want to run the ball and all of our corners got hurt. And Gus Bradley wanted to just go try and go prevent the rest of the game. And we just got destroyed. Uh, so we end up letting them back in that game. And then the Rams, we don't know what the Rams are going to be. So this first month of the season should be very optimistic for us. If, it should give you, us a lot of options to be able to see if you, what this team can be and what our offense's capability can be. Right. And if you really look across this schedule here, right, you, we've got Houston twice, Tennessee twice, right? That's four games right there that can go either way because both teams, you know, Tennessee and Houston, you don't know what you're going to get out of either one, right? arguably two of the worst wide receiver cores in the NFL, and both of them could potentially be starting rookie quarterbacks. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of those two teams. Then you got Carolina, who's going to also 
potentially by the time we play them, I, Bryce Young should be starting. So at that point, I mean, he's got a they, – they do have a decent wide receiving core over there. So they, they might be a little bit tougher. Um, but then and you got defense the defense is good. Yeah, and then you got the Saints questionable at corner or at quarterback with Derek Carr. Uh, uh, I think the Saints are going to be very solid this year. I think they're going to yeah. be solid, yeah. I don't think they're going to be uh, you got really, really that flashy. They're just going to be the – they're going to be the Raiders in New Orleans, yeah. In my opinion, well, with a better um, defense, Derek Carr has never yeah. had a good defense, and this Saints defense, I mean, they should be good. Uh, yeah, valid point. Um, yeah, Tampa, and then, and then you got Tampa. Tampa, we don't know who's their quarterback. Uh, it might Trask. be probably, it might be my guy Kyle Trask, but I don't Trask? think Tampa's. I don't think Tampa's going to be very good. I think it's uh, Baker because their O line. Oh yeah, I forgot they got Baker. Baker might beat out Trask, but. You know, and then Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland, you still don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get Deshaun Watson from three years ago, or are you going to get Deshaun Watson from last year? I think Deshaun Watson from uh, three, three years, years ago. ago. I, I, think he's, I think he's going to turn it up this year. I think he's actually he, – because he started playing better at the end of that stretch. And then if you think about the Browns just adding Zadarius Smith to that defense that yeah. – I don't know how, but they became terrible – with all the talent that they had on that defense, um, they still got some good corners. I believe they had some injury issues. So I think the Browns should be better if Deshaun Watson goes to where I think he'll go. Now, maybe not three years ago, but I think a a ten to fifteen tier quarterback. And I think that's all the Browns really need. As long as long as he's better than last year, I exactly. I, I like Deshaun Watson, and I have no hate toward the Browns. Outside um, of the Dodgers, if, if any. Besides yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Massage Watson like <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> so like, I'm. A, I mean, I, like I've said before, I don't get involved in their personal life. I could care less. To me, no, they're no. football players. They're they're products. Yo, I don't care I anything have, about what they do. I have no problem except when your personal life messes with your football life. Yeah, and if that's a fan I'm a team of, which I'm not, but if I was a Browns fan, ain't no way I could condone anything that massage watches no 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 not at all like i don't condone what ben roethlisberger was accused right. of either right. or ray lewis was accused of either but i don't care what what they do on the field is different and i liked what they did on the field overall i think this schedule offers a lot of potential and then mm-hmm. i joke and i joke and kid and say week 17 is the fifth divisional game for the colts because we played like vegas i mean the every raiders year. like we play the raiders year. every year every, every year, year since like 2017 yeah, so it's been like, before that, bro. It's been, I think it's been since no, before, no, no, it's been since about 2017. God, it's 2017, we've it played the Raiders it feels, every it, year. It feels longer than that, man. No, because no, because it was the, <laughs> the uh, the 2000, the 2016 season was the year we broke Derek Carr's leg. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's when that's when that's when uh, we 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 played them at the end of the year 2016, and then it's been every year. Every year since, yeah, that's why it, feels it used so to be. Damn it long. used to be. It used to be every four years because I yeah. used to switch off going to the Raiders or the Niners coming to, uh, or, or the Colts coming to California. Right, which would be almost about every two to three years. And that was and that was the same way because that's how I knew when the Colts were going to play the Eagles because it used to be every four years. So yeah. I knew that like every four years, yeah. I'd be able to talk shit to my family, but yeah. So now it's been a little it's, bit. The Raiders are the fifth divisional opponent, in my opinion, because we play them. And that's every Jimmy G. Year. That's Jimmy yeah. G down there, right? Well, that's they could start the rookie too, uh, Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. No, they're not. I mean, 
They're not starting. Jimmy G with the Jimmy G getting hurt a bunch. Uh, he's yeah, I mean, he may he may possible. O'Connell may be starting that game. Yeah, that's Jimmy I mean. will be the yeah. starter to start, yeah. to start the season. Um, but I do want to say this this schedule here. I think this is perfect for a rookie starting quarterback Agreed. in our position. I just think Agreed. it's not something that's like hella difficult, but you're playing some solid defenses where you can make some mistakes and learn. So I want to mark. I want. I'm going to mark some. I'm gonna. I'm gonna answer him real or not him. Uh, where's he at? James. James where's he at? James. Right I'm trying above. to get there. There you go. All right. Sorry, people were commenting as I was trying to click it. <laughs> uh, so James here says, "How do you? Hey guys, how do you think the this Colts team is going to do this season? I think all of us are in agreement that we think it's going to be about a six to eight win season." Um, while the, and all we expect is for these young guys to develop, you're going to see Anthony Richardson develop, maybe some chemistry with Josh Downs develop. Um, I do think Michael Pittman could have a breakout season with having a quarterback who can get out of the pocket, extend plays. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, I think, is still going to have, you know, a Jonathan Taylor-esque season. Um yeah, that, that I mean that, that that's my thing. As long as I can see that these guys are performing at the level that they should, uh, the offensive line gets back to what we know they are. I think it's a good season, in my opinion, even if we're in between that six to eight win marker. Because I think I do think that six to eight wins is going to get us at least second in the division, and we, we will get to the division because tonight is our division breakdown prediction. So we will get to that point uh, here in, in a few minutes. But we're going to continue as people are asking um, questions. Yo, hot take. I think we win nine games this year. Like That is a hot take. Like, I think it's <laughs> it's legit capable of Indianapolis winning nine games this year. Zach, Zach, off the top of your head, fire me some hot takes real quick. Who's your nine wins? Nine wins. Uh, Jacksonville. Gotcha. I think we sweep Tennessee twice. Okay. That's three. Um, That's three. I think we take Houston. Gotcha. Four. Uh once I think we beat Atlanta. Gotcha. Five. Um, I think we beat Tampa. Six. I think we take Carolina. Seven. Um, I have us beating Pittsburgh because we want it more. We haven't won there since 07. That's why I think we beat Pittsburgh because we want gotcha. it more. That's eight. And then I also think we beat uh, the Rams. That's nine. You think we don't beat Atlanta? Because if I'm no, counting I said we beat Atlanta. Okay, okay. Hey, I got no problem with that at all. I I can definitely see it. The only one that I would disagree with is the Pittsburgh one. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's the one I have circled on my calendar to be honest. Because that's the game. As a fan, that's the game I really want because that's the monkey I want to get off the back. Mm-hmm. Like it's the one team that and literally has put. Their nuts on our forehead every, every year time. since like ninety forever. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. But here's the th- here's the thing too. They always put it at the end of the season. Like we can't get the monkey off the back in like week three. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I wouldn't always... want to play the Steelers week three though. Not this year. Not this year. Yeah, okay. I'm okay. just saying it's always been like that. Like it's always after week seven. Or you know the seven crazy. The crazy part about that is, though, if Michael Pittman Jr. finishes out his slant or if we don't have a couple drops in that game or if we just get a freaking first down, we beat the Steelers last year. 
just yeah. like ex- execution level last year, just against the Steelers and maybe Bro, a few cool. other teams, we should have literally beat. If them. we if we didn't lay down in the second half with Philip Rivers, we would have beat Pittsburgh. Man, for real, we were, hey, we were just even... we were destroying them. Oh yeah, cooking them, cooking them. Was that, them? It was them. It was that year. That year we were cooking them. We were cooking Baltimore. We were cooking the the Packers. So I mean, we beat the Packers, we'll but that was an Packers. overtime. We finished that one. Yeah, but that was an overtime. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> came yeah, back. We... we came back that game, so we actually came back and beat them. Usually oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, usually, right. that's right. That's right. Usually it was the other way around. Pretty, I, I know we that Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore, we were cooking them in the first half, and, and then, then, they and then came Pittsburgh, back. we were destroying them in the first half. And then they came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was, was Frank Reich's best called offensive you know, game of the year. That Pittsburgh yeah. game in the first half. And then he just and then he, the and then he got because away from it. Matt was in the group chat bitching about how he had nothing to complain about because Frank had called the perfect game in the yeah. first half. Until, and then the until second, he forgot he had Jonathan Taylor. Right. And then in the second half, he stopped. Matt called it. He stopped running the ball. Matt goes, we're going to lose this game. And then they ripped off like 14 straight points yeah. and beat us. And Matt was like, I'm done with Frank Wright. Done. Yep. And that was like the first week of every week the rest of the year, all off season until he was fired, where Matt was all like, I've we, seen enough. Fire him. Never, move on. We've Bro, never had it, a coach in, 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 in Colts history have more fourth quarter giveaways than Frank Wright. And, it, and ever, I mean, I remember, I remember starting to hate him when we lost six nothing to Jacksonville in 2018. But the Philip Rivers year was the year that I was really like, okay, I am done with Frank Wright. That was yeah. the year that I was literally done, because in in, tw- in 2019 we had Jacoby Brissett, so I kind of <laughs> gave him that 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 slide that his quarterback just retired before the season. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Stacy. Um, this Andy is here live. Thank you for coming in tonight. And then it was like 2020 when we when we were we we could have potentially been like 12 and four or 13 and three if we didn't let up fourth quarter comebacks. So, so you want to know the two sad parts about that season is the Steelers were 11 and 0, and then they lost. Uh, I forgot who they lost to, but I I had predicted the loss. And then down the stretch they went one and four. Their one yeah. win was against us. Yeah, which is which is sad, and then the the game about the Bills that you were talking about that we ended up losing. Literally, we were about this far away from Michael Pittman Jr.'s outstretched hands from catching the ball from Philip Rivers from beating the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, and we could have probably blew up their whole team three years ago. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if Philip Rivers would have came back, bro, I think a second year with him would have been amazing. I think so as well. Would have been amazing. Because imagine, because we would have drafted our offense completely differently. Oh, we yeah. We would have had a first-round pick that season. Oh, yeah. No offense to Carson, because I do think Carson had I a good season with us. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, we went 9-8. and eight. We only lost one more game than we did with Phillip Rivers. It's uh, just, Two more. Well, two more, but it, it kind of balances out. I mean, we yeah. we, we went, what, 10-6 and six with Phillip? Yeah. No, and then 9-8 uh, and eight with with. Yeah. Carson, because that was the new change to the. To the no, we went eleven and five. Mm-hmm. No, we, I think we went. Are you sure? I thought we went seven and six. No, because we were, we were tied with the Titans, and we ended up losing the division because we tied. And if we would have, what was that? Twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. If we would have won one more game, we would have won the division. 
and that's why everybody was clowning us. Oh, we did. You guys You're lost. Right. To, you guys lost to Jacksonville week one. You could have won the division. We lost by like three, too, didn't we? Like it was like mm-hmm. 23, 20. 27 to twenty four. That was their only win, and Jacksonville went on to lose fifteen straight. Yep. I think. Yeah. Yep. And They're everybody like... tried to clown us. Jags. Jags uh, were the division leaders for one week, and you guys lost to the Jags. We got trash all back. Now look at them. Now look at them. I think Titans got swept by the Jags last year. They did. All right. So James here says, how do you think the defense is going to do with some of the players we lost on defense? Uh, to, be fair, to be fair, we lost <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. Um, I do think our linebacker core, we lost Bobby Okariki, but he got replaced. Uh, don't correct the, the, the saying. I know it's Okariki. I like Okariki. It sounds better. Um, but um, he's replaced easily by either EJ, Spree, EJ Speed or Z- Zaire Franklin. Uh, I think Shaq is going to come back. He's getting overhyped on everything, so I truly think he's going to be back by week one. Um, our defensive front, in my opinion, has gotten stronger. Uh, I think the biggest questions are in corners, but I think Isaiah Rogers is a solid starter on the outside that should have been starting all year last year. Um. Who do we have on the other side? That's the thing. We got Burt, uh, Rush. That's right. That's right. The or, other side is questionable. Um, whatever the other corner we drafted, or Dallas Flowers. I mean, to I don't me, think it'll... to me, the biggest question mark is who's the who are the corners because who plays the outside besides Rogers? Because Kenny Moore's in the slot and. It's Rush or Burtz is going to play that outside left side or right side corner. I don't even know if they travel in this defense. But, so, like. I think Kenny Moore is going to step it up. So, I think we'll get the Kenny Moore of about two two years two ago. Years ago. Uh, that'd be um, awesome. He's a pro bowler. To be, yeah. to be honest, I think last year he had too many distractions when it came to contract talks. Um, and I think this year, I think during the offseason – when he was put up on the trade block and nobody wanted him. Um, and then the Colts were like, all right, well, you're staying here. I think he got humbled. Yeah, it humbles you a bit. Yep, so I think he's at that point where he's like, okay, uh, this is where I need to put up or shut up, and I think we're going to get Kenny Moore back. And I hope so, man, because I loved Kenny Moore. I remember when we did this show in 2020, um, we picked our dark horses for the offensive and defense, and that year I picked Kenny Moore for defense and uh, Zach Pascal for offense. Um, I like Kenny Moore. I have his jersey in my closet. I hope that man steps up and comes back. Yeah. So my my personal opinion, I I don't <clears throat> I can't really see the defense uh really changing too much at all. To be perfectly honest with you guys, um, I think what we lost in Gilmore is with experience that we made up for with with youth and athleticism that will gain at cornerback personally, yeah. I believe. So I believe putting in younger, more athletic guys and, 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 and more youthful guys, um, maybe we'll, you, you'll see some kind of inexperienced plays, but over the season, you'll definitely see some changes in the way that we see cornerbacks coming into the league right now. I see them playing very well. You look at a guy like Juju Prince and who he had to play against last year, playing against that TCU team that has some pretty good receivers going to the, uh, making the playoffs and stuff like that. And then you look at our guys like Darius Rush out of South Carolina. These guys have played against very good uh, competition. And you look at the speed that uh, um, uh, Darius Brent has as well. I mean, I feel like a lot of the stuff that 
we'll get from these other rookie corners will make up for it. Um, and then also with Samson Mibukum coming in, who I think is a more balanced player uh, that than we had with um, with uh, Yannick Ndakwe, I think that really works in our favor as well. My biggest thing for us will be if Quiddy Pay can stay healthy, this defense is nasty. And Tyquan Lewis. Yeah. And Tyquan Lewis, I'll tell so you what. The better our rotation is, the better we I think. I think defensively, if Tyquan Lewis stays healthy, he's my dark horse defensively this year. Uh and my, I've said it multiple years. Zach can vouch for it. Uh, I know DeMarco's heard me say it last year. Um, Tyquan Lewis is our best edge sealer. He's not an edge well, rusher. So don't don't expect him to come in and 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 rush the quarterback. I, I kind of feel like that's a, a half-true statement because in this defense more especially, it's more focused on contain and sealing the edge, where in Eberflus's cover two, it was – get to the quarterback as fast as possible. We don't give a damn about it. But Tyquan Lewis was also the one who was more cognitively aware than others and personally took it on himself. To, that's, why, that's why I think he's our best to edge the edge. <laughs> that's, that's, why, we, that's why it sucks for us to lose him the last yeah, two right. years in a row. That like like if, you, right. if you look at certain teams that we played, like Tennessee, we played better with Tyquan Lewis on the field. Yeah. Because Ryan Tannehill's that guy that does that, you know, play action bootleg. And if Tyquan Lewis is on the field, Ryan Tannehill doesn't run down the field for 14 yards on third and, you know, eight and get that first down. You know what I'm saying? And like, I've, seen, I've seen Tyquan Lewis do it multiple times to where he was the sole reason why those quarterbacks weren't able to be successful in that type of play. And that's another reason why I appreciate some of the speed that we're adding to the defense. As much as I love Bobby Okereke, uh, having a guy like EJ Speed that can run sideline to sideline, it's going to be very um, uh, uh, helpful for us. And adding uh, Adabare um, to this defense as well, who's a very fast defense. Adabare. Yeah, Tommy Adabare. Uh, adding him to this defense, I think, would be very good for us as well. Um, as well with our corners, um, just having that speed is something that I think that will be very helpful for us and a lot of size, a lot of athletes on the field. So I think I, 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 I see that even the pieces that we lost on defense, pretty much being Yannick Ndokwe and uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, I think we, we made up for it with youth and athleticism. I think there will be some growing pains. Expect that. I expect early on corners are going to make mistakes. Corners are going to get burned. Um, some of these other players might make some mistakes. We don't have a lot of youth in the front. I think the front's going to be all right, but on the back end, we're definitely going to have some growing pains. I honestly, I don't even know how much we'll get burned if we have. Uh, I think there's enough overall depth from the guys who've experienced. <laughs> That they can plug and play guys in unique situations. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like Blackman like won't get burned. Yeah, Blackman can play nickel. Kenny can play outside and play deep third. And then Thomas is a dog to play center. And then you can put the um oh we just were talking about it. Put Isaiah Rogers out there on the outside. And I think we could honestly that could be the the corner situation for a while until the young pups, whoever that other, that young guy is who steps up. And then hopefully we see a big step out of, you know, Nick Cross because he's supposedly going to be a, a huge key piece going forward for as this long, defense. As long as Kenny Moore doesn't get burned by tight ends next season, I'm all right. Fair enough. Yep. 
Because that happens a lot. <clears throat> hey, that's why we brought in competition. Jalen Jones will be right there ready to play. So He's another one who's a stud. I mean, <coughs> Ballard did what Ballard does. Whoa. I mean, master class. His draft was master class, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right, so you guys ready to move on to the division? Let's yeah. do it. All right. So we're going to go in order of how the division finished. We're going to go Jacksonville, uh, Tennessee, and then Houston. Uh, we're not going to break down the Colts because clearly we can do that every we've Saturday. Already, we've already done that. Yeah, a bunch of times. So we're going to go ahead and start with Jacksonville, uh, which is me this week. So I went ahead and broke down Jacksonville. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and go straight into it. So last year they started two and six. If anybody, if anybody doesn't remember, uh, they started two and six. They ended seven and two. So they definitely improved as the season went on. Uh, they finished the season with 10th in total offense, 10th in passing, ninth in third down conversions, and 14th in rushing. Uh, I think they were 14th in rushing with one real running back. Um, they had James Robinson, but they ended up getting rid of him through, you know, partway through the season. Uh, ETN kind of led the way that, you know, after missing five games. Uh, they ended with nine and eight as division champions. And they were 10th in points for and 12th in points against. So their rushing leader was Travis Etienne. He had 220 attempts, 1125 yards, five touchdowns. I have notes just so everybody's tracking. All right, I took, I'm going to be reading off these notes because I don't remember. All right, so it's 1125 yards. He had five touchdowns. He was 5.1 yards per attempt uh, and 66.2 yards per game. He also missed five games. So, Yo, what's up, Dewey? Um, he also had 45 targets with 35 receptions. Uh, 316 yards, and then zero receiving touchdowns. and But he also had five fumbles. And then he was his th the third best rusher uh, behind him in Tennessee or in Jacksonville was Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I don't know where this came from, but this man had 62 rushing attempts. Bro, he was a running back after NTN went down. Yeah, like that's that's all he did was pretty much he either chucked it or it was some form of him running the ball. Yeah, he had 62 rushing attempts, 291 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, the receiving core. All right. So they gave big money to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk had his uh, career high. He had 84 receptions, 1108 yards. 13.2 yards per reception, eight touchdowns. Uh, he had a 63.2% catch rate. Uh, Zay Jones also had career highs where he had 82 receptions, 823 yards, uh, 10 yards per reception, five touchdowns, 5.1 yards uh, per reception, 67.8% uh, catch rate. Evan Ingram added 73 receptions, 766 yards, 10.5 yards per reception, four touchdowns, and then 74.5 completion percentage. And then Marvin Jones was 46 receptions, 529 yards, and he had three touchdowns. Uh, I believe that this was the first time in franchise history where they had three receivers that had over 70 receptions. That's including Evan Ingram. That's nuts. Yeah, so to keep it on offense, in my opinion, so they also – you know, they're getting Calvin Ridley back this season. Uh, Calvin Ridley is one of six players where in the first three years, 
of their career that they had 3,000 receiving yards and 25 touchdowns. The other five receivers that have had that stat are Kelsey, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and Tyler Lockett. So he's in a good conversation with some top five receivers, in my opinion. Um, so getting him back is definitely going to increase that offense, in my opinion. It's going to improve him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is one of nine QBs last year to surpass 4,000 yards. He set a franchise record in completions of 387. Uh, he's the first time in franchise history to have three receivers with over 70 receptions. One of three QBs with 25 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns. He also joined Mike Vick in being um, a first overall pick or as the youngest first overall pick to get his first playoff win before he was 24. Nice. The biggest questions around Jacksonville are defensively. Uh, their leading tackler was, I don't know how to say his name, Alokan. Uh, he was 184 tackles. He had 128 solo with nine QB hits and two sacks. He was their tackle leader. Then their second leading tackler was Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, three. He also had three interceptions, one touchdown, 116 tackles. Strong 73, yeah, 73 <laughs> solo, two QB hits, uh, one safety. Uh, and then Devin Lloyd had three interceptions. He had 115 tackles, 59 solo, two QB hits. They had 14 total interceptions with 18 fumble recoveries and 35 sacks. Um, their draft picks. So I liked their first three draft picks, in my opinion, and then everywhere else just kind of got staggered. Uh, they went offensive tackle with Anton Harrison, which I like because Trevor Lawrence was sacked you know, 27 times. And seeing that he rushed 62 times, in my opinion, that kind of goes on the offensive line. Um then they went with a tight end of Brenton Strange. I didn't really like that one. I mean, I said I liked the first three, but having Evan Ingram, I don't know how much adding a tight end to that really well, helps he, their offense. Ingram they, doesn't uh, block well. I want to say he, he didn't uh, He didn't show up for training camp. He wants a contract. He signed a franchise tag. He did. He signed a franchise he, tag. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they drafted running back Tank Bigsby. Don't know much about him. I like James Bigsby. So he, uh, I know they needed another running back behind uh, ETN. So, and then they went linebacker Ventral Miller, That's uh, Edge Tyler Lacey, uh, another Edge Azir Abdullah, cornerback Ontario Johnson, wide receiver Parker Washington, cornerback Christian Broswell, safety Eric Hallett. Offensive tackle Cooper Hodges, defensive tackle Raymond Vahesi, Vahesik, and then edge Derek Parrish. So they they actually ended up with 13 draft picks. Uh, they had more than we did. So they, everybody knows they went to the wild card last year. Finished. Uh, they started 27 nothing, or they lost. They were losing 27 nothing to the Chargers uh, in the first half. Lawrence threw four picks, and then in the second half they came back where Lawrence threw three touchdowns. In the second half, and the Jags won 31 to 30. Uh, the, the important thing to remember about that is their defense still didn't force any turnovers. So, somehow a team came back without forcing any turnovers. That's and, because Brandon Staley coaches the Chargers. Yeah. I, in my opinion, the Jags are still the best team in the division. Um, I do think their offense got better, especially having Calvin Ridley come back. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence really came into himself last year in the second half of the season. And that's that's my opinion. Yeah, they sure up that O-line. That offense will be around for a while. Yeah, I do think they they missed they swung and missed a few times on the defense. That's just me. They kind of left it a little out there. Yeah. They they need a more pass rush. I'm amazed they haven't went and, you know, like said, Hey yo, Yannick, you want to come back to Jacksonville? Yeah. Just because, you know, that's where he got drafted and I mean they could probably afford him because Trevor Lawrence is cheap. Right now. You, so. Yeah, and then you can't forget they have Doug Peterson as their head coach. Yeah. So that's probably the key thing. Doug Peterson turned him around last year, and I think this year he's just gonna he's they're gonna keep riding it. So yeah, well, I think it just goes to show with that Jacksonville team. As much as we we listen to you here uh, rattle off some of those stats and whatnot and how the defense wasn't really first in turnovers and even how they came out to win a playoff game. Uh, much can be said about having competency at quarterback. If yep. you can have a solid quarterback play, your team can look a lot better and turn things around if things are played out well and smart at that position who touches the ball every single down. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think getting Calvin Ridley back is going to impact some of these guys. And when Matt is saying getting Calvin Ridley back for anybody who doesn't know, they traded for Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons, who was suspended last year for gambling with the Atlanta Falcons. And now this will be his first season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Correct. And I think I think the way that's going to go is Calvin Ridley is going to become the wide receiver one. And I think Christian Kirk slides over to wide receiver two. And then I think Zay Jones stays wide receiver three. I don't know what's going to happen with Marvin Jones, but he was mediocre last season. I believe he went back to Detroit, if I'm uh, correct. I wasn't tracking all the uh, free agent movings. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I think he did go back to Detroit, but I'm not 100% sure. Marvin Jones unsigned uh, as of April. So, yeah, he's, he he's started, not there anymore. He started his career in Cincinnati, but dude was old when he was in Detroit. And, like, I'm sure he he's – Older in Jacksonville, so it'll be. Well, he kind of got pushed out of. He got pushed out of Detroit because Detroit draft draft used to draft wide receivers like they grew on trees. Right. So he kind of just you know fell out of rotation there. Right. Who's next? Tennessee. Oh yes. He took notes too. I know he's got notes too. I got notes front and back. Yeah, me too, man. I, I, you know. Front and back, baby. <laughs> Tennessee, where to begin? Oh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, so Tennessee went seven and ten last year, and they finished second in the division. Um, their offense was thirtieth in the league in passing, thirteenth um, in the league in rushing, and their total offense was thirtieth in the NFL. Ryan Tannehill. Only three for 2,563 yards, 13 TDs, and six picks. Um, Derrick Henry was still Derrick Henry last year. 1,500 yard, 1,538 yards, 13 TDs, and he averaged 96.7 yards per game. That's still very impressive. Uh, don't forget all the fumbles. Ah, uh, true. I don't. I think he had four or five, something like that. Very un- uh, uncharacteristic for him. True. Um, 
Tennessee's leading receiver isn't even on the team anymore. He's now playing for a division rival. Robert Woods, he had 527 yards and two touchdowns on the year. Um, the guy they traded Antonio Brown for, Traylon Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. He had 444 yards on one touchdown. You meant A.J. Brown. Yeah. Did I say Antonio Brown? No, 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 no. He meant Traylon Burks. Yeah. No, no, he said said Antonio Brown. I I, I thought he said Traylon Brown. (laughs) No, he said said they traded Antonio Brown. I was like, I had to think. I was like, what? (laughs) Um, They have other key weapons, but they really didn't do anything. They spent high draft capital on Cheeky Okongwo from tight end from uh, Maryland last year. Very solid. Very solid. Yeah, he had a solid rookie year, but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, Tennessee just didn't throw at him. When they did, he made plays. He had a couple big big games versus us, or a a game versus us that he was solid, but they just didn't throw at him. Um, They drafted Hassan Haskins, big old running back from Michigan. He was solid in the third down roll, the second down, you know, the second back. And then um, they have Nick Westbrook. Nick Aquino Westbrook. Yeah, Nick Aquino Westbrook from IU. Uh, if you're an IU fan, you know that name. He killed us too in a game. But, yeah, he's a possession receiver. Receiving-wise, Tennessee doesn't have much. They, and it showed. Offensively, they struggled last year. It was it was work. It was terrible. It was work on offense. Um, they also did nothing to improve it. Uh, they did a few things. They, they, they drafted a running back. And Skaronsky. I mean, that's very important to what they do is, is fixing that offensive line because that's what Tennessee runs off of. Derek, uh, right. Offensive line and Derrick Henry in that play-action pass game. So the fact that their offensive line was bad last year, uh, you got to fix that offensive line. Um, defense was just like the offense. In areas, truly terrible. They were first in the league against the run. You couldn't run on Tennessee. But they were dead last in the league in passing the ball. So if you wanted to beat Tennessee, it was spinning the magic bean, throwing the pump. Their, their defense, their defense was definitely hit with the injury bug too. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Simmons and a bunch of rookies. A lot of injuries. Yep. Um, they have arguably the most underrated safety in the NFL, Kevin Byard. He had the a, best, the best safety in the NFL in my uh, Derwin James. Um, no. Kevin Byard to me is a better safety. He had 69 solo tackles, 108 combination tackles, four INTs. That were his stats on the year, so it was a solid year. Um, Jeffrey Simmons had seven and a half sacks. Monster. 25 solo tackles, 54 tackles. So Jeffrey Simmons scares me more than anyone else on that team. Anybody. Mm-hmm. More um, than I, I, anybody. I don't care. I, I, I know they got Derrick Henry, but Jeffrey Simmons scares me more. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think Jeffrey Simmons is a, a generational defensive tackle. Yeah. I think the dude Facts. is an absolute monster and game changer. I don't care what his stats say. Um, I think the dude is an absolute dog. And then he, just, he, he disrupts any, everything. Any Sunday you got to face him. Best believe your team ain't running the ball and your quarterback might get killed. Yep. Demarcus Walker. Don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. That's a linebacker, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, linebacker DN. Um, so he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't play too much. They had to yeah, play a lot of rookies. Twenty-three solo tackles, thirty-two <sighs> tackles, but he had seven sacks in eight games. Yeah. What in the world? Like that's, that's se- Rabel. 
seven sacks in eight games. That, that was a bright spot on defense. And so, then they had former Colt D'Amico Autry, who had eight sacks and 17 tackles, and he's still putting up production. So that, that that problem right there, Zach, is what you were talking about before. It's like they could stop the run, but they were terrible in the pass. So they'd get you yeah. on third and 17, and you could still throw for a first down. That's yeah. why the guy had seven sacks in eight games. Um, They had other guys who were consistent, but they were consistent and consistently getting burned. Um, They have Fulton, the corner. I don't even care to know his name. He was pretty trash. Christian Fulton. Um, yeah, they have um, McCreary. He was that's, that's supposed to be the next guy. He was nice. I'm not gonna lie. He was nice last year. He was nice. Um, they have Eli Molden. He broke his back, I guess, when they drafted him last no, year. Wrong, wrong, wrong one. Wrong one. Molden. I thought yeah, he was no, that's, that, no. Caleb Farley is the guy with the. Uh, oh, the he's, he's trash too. Eli um, Molden was their slot corner. He's a dog. Um, he's a dog. And then they've added. Um, a few pieces. They have a solid safety to go along with Bayard and Amari Hooker, who he got you know, hurt. He does well, but you're right. He was hurt half the year. Mm-hmm. Um, sacks last year on offense, they gave up the fifth most sacks in the NFL. I did not know that with 49. That offensive line was horrid. Yeah. And then defensive sacks, they were tied in the league for 18th with 39. On defense? Um, yeah. Really? Yeah, tied for the league, 18th, only 39 sacks. Damn. What really hurt Tennessee, and this goes without unsaid, and I didn't know this, why I wrote it down, interesting fact. Tennessee was penalized the fourth most in the NFL at 111 times, but they gave up second most yards, almost 1,000 yards in penalty yards on the season at 956 yards. Yeah, that was that young, uh, inexperienced secondary. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's draft, their first-round pick, they drafted um, Peter Skaronsky, who they're going to play at left tackle. Um, they drafted everyone's favorite, Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. Mayo Levis, baby. Uh-huh. Uh, they drafted a running back, Tajay Spears. So from, um So dumb. Tulane. More power He's got no ACL, but everybody loves him. Should have uh-huh. went wide receiver there. Well, they drafted another tight end, Josh Weil from uh, Cincinnati. I didn't understand that. Still have no tight ends. Jay Lee Duncan, another tackle. And then, hey, here's your – with their last pick, here's your receiver. Colton Dowell, wide receiver. Who? Who's that? Right, I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, and then key free agent additions. These were guys who were notable who I thought – might actually make a difference and possibly bring some stability and, and improvement. Um, Andre Dillard, they signed. I like that. Um, of I, I like that. Formerly of the Philadelphia Seventies or Philadelphia. Eagles. My bad. Yeah, he's gonna be there. Sports. He's gonna be their right tackle. I, I really like oh, that. Right tackle. Right tackle. Right tackle. I, I really um, like that move. I think Andre Dillard was primed to come in and play. He was a swing tackle for the Eagles. They signed another tackle, and I mean he's an interior offensive lineman as well. Daniel Brusco from uh, San Francisco, um, swing tackle, third tackle. They signed a uh, special teams ace and Luke Gifford. Um, another vastly underrated linebacker from San Francisco who who gets no love. Aziz Al Shahir. Yeah, um, that's the guy. That's the guy that a lot of people are ranking him better than our Samson Ibukam. 
Right. To be right. a pass rusher. Um, here's the one where PFF gave this guy an incredibly high grade for situational pass rushing, and that's a Arden Key from formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know who he is. Arden Key. He, he's a solid player, but he's just never consistent. But he's solid, though. Um, they added a really solid corner from um, Arizona <coughs> and Sean Murphy Bunty. No, uh, Tampa Bay. Was it Tampa? Tampa Bay. And then they went out and signed veteran wide receiver Chris Moore from Seattle. Uh, and, it's just a deep threat. Right. And linebacker Ben Nealon. Overall, I don't think Tennessee addressed their main issue, which is who, the hell, is, who the hell they throw the ball to. But, oh, yeah. I mean, overall, like, defensively, I think defensively this team is going to be vastly better than they were last year because they have – bunch of young guys who's gained experience and then they got guys who fit into what they do which is so get after you and shut your run game down and then they zone blitz the hell out of you on defense. my my thoughts on my thoughts on tennessee is that it's it's this it comes simple as this they're the they're the most basic simple team in in the nfl in my opinion but their success is going to come from four different areas right or four different names one kevin byard yeah. Two, Jeffrey Simmons. Three, yep. Derrick Henry. And four, Mike Vrabel. In my opinion, Mike Vrabel is a top three head coach in the in the NFL. Not in the in the AFC South. In the NFL. I like Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I've seen a lot of things that he does when it comes to practice. He's hands-on, man. He's not a clipboard coach at all. I absolutely love what he does when he's with the team. He's definitely a team coach. It's why you saw, you know, J Rob get fired and Vrabel did not. <laughs> because you can give Vrabel any style team and he's going to be able to coach it. Tennessee has never had a team that was jumped off the page. Yep. Right? They never uh-huh. did. They always had massive holes in certain areas. It's a it fair. Was- it's fair to say Tennessee is the Jeff Fisher of football teams. Like, yeah. strong defense, incredible run game. Because that's literally and, and, what Jeff and, Fisher did. And very well coached. Right. Yeah. yeah I, was well to, coached. I was just about to say they still can't be disrespected, though, because of everything that you named. The thing that you can't deny is that Rabel always says, I'll take heart over talent every single right. day. Yeah. Right. He's still coach you as long as you're going to play hard. So regardless of what they do, as long as they fix that offensive line, can get back to their play action pass, they're going to play hard on defense, um, and they're going to try and run the ball down your throw regardless if of they, what if they, they, yeah, they if, need was receivers to catch them. A few play action passes a game, they don't care if they got to throw it eight times a game to beat you and punch all they down. All they need is two to three yard completions – and then a seven-yard run from Derrick Henry, which is almost a guarantee. That's it. So, again, I do think, you know, I've heard around the NFL, I've heard a lot of different things of people saying that Tennessee is is trash, they're garbage, all this. And, yeah, they may be on paper, but they are, the, to me, they're the best coach team in the NFL. I can't say they're the best coach. Because yeah, I, yeah I was just about to say, I, I wouldn't say best coach, but I would say the toughest coached. Yeah, right. Okay, we can go with that. Yeah, that's toughest fine. Toughest coached. I just, lo- I just love oh, Mike Vrabel. I, yeah. I know that everyone hates him. I know that Damon hates him. Damon wants bad things to happen to him. But I think it's because he's a coach of Tennessee, 
If he was coaching elsewhere, I think Damon would his opinion would change. Yeah, because he's in the division is why everyone hates Mike Vrabel. Yeah, I, I think yeah. dude, I think dude is just legit. Right? Yeah, me, me I tell too. I tell I tell Tennessee Titans fans every time somebody talks about oh he might get fired blah 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 I'll be like I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, I'll take him right back. I will. Take I, I, look, look, Shane, Shane doesn't even if you fire Mike Vrabel today, Shane doesn't even start his first year as a head coach because he's <laughs> getting fired and Mike Vrabel's coming in. Yeah, I like I like, I'll trade you, boy. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine Chris Browler giving uh, talent to Mike Vrabel. Oh my God, yo, Vrabel <laughs> wouldn't know what to do with it. Yo, no, he, he would. He I mean, would. he would coach he'd know it. Exactly, he know it exactly what to do with it is the problem. He would he coach could. it, but he wouldn't know what to do with the amount of talent. Oh he'd yeah, be like yeah. I have too much of it. He'd be like, "God damn, Chris, give me a dud every once." We got to give this away, <laughs> right? Hey, can you be? Can you play J Rob real quick? Like, what the? <laughs> I mean, that would be that's an embarrassment of riches in that aspect if that were to actually happen. Mm-hmm. All right, Houston. All right, so before I get started here, he has no notes. Said, this guy's gonna go right off the top I of said, his head. <laughs> I'm telling you, look. So I was name. I had sent something to the group chat, and everybody knows, like, I really love Shane Steichen as a coach. But as many people who down this division, I just wanted to point out to everybody, I honestly feel we have the fourth best head coach in this division. We have Mike Vrabel, as we just discussed, who I think is the best coach in this division. We have Doug Peterson, who I feel is the second best coach with the experience. I gave him some He's music. champion. This guy has been legit throughout his tenure, uh, regardless of coach. And then I put D'Amico Ryans above our guy, Steichen, because of the fact that D'Amico Ryans was my number one head coach to have for the Indianapolis Colts. He ended up going to the Houston Texans. And our coach, who I think will still be a very good coach, um, is number four. If you so if you remember, was, we all had it was either Shane or D'Amico. I think for most of us, the whole process. Exactly. So I can't sit here and try and change up my opinion now and pull my bias because he's a cold. But this is just the facts. But I honestly do believe that all of these four coaches will be a top fifteen coach in the NFL in about another year or two. So just laying that out there. But as we get into the Houston Texans, who I think did the second best in this offseason in and who in actuality, um, if I think D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud should turn out who they should be, could instantly go from worst to first in this division. Hot take. You know what I'm saying? So um, just uh, some stats that I got here. Uh, Davis Mills kind of took over the reins after what they did the year before. Um, they were switching off a lot, running two QBs with Jeff Driscoll, my guy out of Florida, and uh, Davis Mills, who had – 3,100, about 3,100 yards, uh, had about 17 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. That's going to change a lot for this team. I'd be completely surprised if we see C.J. Stroud throwing 15 interceptions, even if he has 17 and maybe 9, 7, 8, somewhere around there. Um, Rushing leader for the the, uh, Houston Texans was my boy Damian Pierce with over 900 yards. Um, I want to say about – 
four touchdowns that he had. So it doesn't really seem like a lot, but I'm telling you when the guy ran the ball, everybody was talking about it. So it it almost felt like he had 15 touchdowns. Their leading receiver is out of the building. He got traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a fifth-round pick. which Brandon Cooks. So he is gone, so he is no longer there. So they're going to have a new Robert Woods. But I tell you guys, when you look at this receiving core and their additions, they added Robert Woods. They added my receiver that I wanted who – Again, this is being non-biased. They added my guy Tank Dale, Zach and Matt. They can vouch for me. I was talking about this guy pretty much since about March when or March February when we ended everything and started getting into um, into the draft and getting into receivers. Tank Dale, I think, is going to be legit. Um, that was one of the guys that was added as well. Uh, he was their fourth round or third round draft pick. Um, they added. Uh, And then on defense, you go to their guy, uh, Jalen Petrie, the free safety. I think this guy can really come into his own even some more. Dude had 147 tackles um, and had five interceptions as a rookie. I mean, the guy is – He's a good football player. I think he can really develop even more. And playing for D'Amico Ryans for him is instantly going to elevate him. And I, I'm telling you guys, I hate saying all of this positivity about his and their, them being our division. But I really think this team is going to shine some light in people's eyes. And, and people are just going to be wild because they're just going to be like, we ignored Houston and the whole AFC South. We thought they were going to be trash because they, they just want to throw that out to fans. Um but I think that's what it'll come down to. And then I do think Houston last year missed when they drafted Derek Singletary over Sauce Garner. I think they should have went with Sauce instead of Derek Singletary. But I think because uh, Derek Stingley missed two years, won the injury, and they sat out uh, one other year and then got drafted. So I think that's another thing that'll change um, for the Houston Texans with him getting a bit more experience. And then we get into the, the draft for the Houston Texans, who I think – their first uh, four picks, to me, were just, I think, absolutely outstanding for this team. Because if you think about the Houston Texans and what they've lacked over the last few years, it was never heart or effort. It was talent. They, right. they just didn't have talent. And then they kept getting rid of coaches and, and everything that – Houston just Houston. So they give my boy D'Amico Ryans, who was my favorite coach, to be the Indianapolis head coach, uh, uh, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, he wasn't going to choose the Colts being a – you know, guy drafted to Houston and played there for a while. Um, so I think if he turns out the way I think he should, this team is going to be really good. Um, and then they go number two overall pick, C.J. Stroud at quarterback, who was my QB one. If he turns out anything like he should, I think even if he does exactly what Davis Mills did, Davis Mills did last year, putting up 3,100 yards, 17 touchdowns, and I want to say about six interceptions, that's legit for Houston, not turning over the ball. They're obviously going to come out and run the rock. Um, they didn't draft another running back, uh, another running back, but I think Damian Pierce staying healthy would be good for him. They drafted Will Anderson Jr. at the number three overall pick when they traded up. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Will Anderson Jr. Is, is a generational talent pass rusher. I think he's a very good pass rusher. I think it's going to look a lot like the Giants' Kayvon Thibodeau. About seven sacks, which is a really good rookie season. I don't think he's going to be like some super game changer, but I think he's going to be a really solid talent there for him. And again, t- t- Houston Texans for the last few years, breadth of talent. Then you get into Juice Grubbs, their cornerback out of Penn State. This was the guy opposite of Joey Porter Jr., which I think is another talent for them. And he can play slot or the outside, so I think it's legit for him. And then you go Tank Dale, receiver out of Houston. I think it's absolutely legit. 
legit for him. And then they get um, the wide receiver back. Uh, God damn it. I'm missing his, fucking his name. Missing his name. What was his name? What was his name? See, this is why we took notes. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I, I hate names. I mess up with names so bad. I always mess up with names. I'm, 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 I apologize, Houston Texans fans, but it was the boy who had uh, Lash, uh, Hopkins lymphoma, uh, the receiver, but he's coming back, which is going to be crazy. Coming out of Alabama, he was one of the top receivers to go. So that was C.J. Stroud. Tank Dale having a slot receiver and a running game, and then just wait until I get into this free agency. Don't you guys. Yeah, John Mechie. John Mechie, legit slot receiver uh, or outside, wherever you want to put him. Tank Dale as well. Uh, kind of like a, mi- a mini Debo Samuel. Appreciate that, Zach. Um, so that uh, an- was another one of those picks. And then they got Dalen Horton, edge rusher out of TCU. A lot of people didn't know about him, but he's a very efficient pass rusher. He's not going to be probably not a key starter on first or second down. But this guy can come in and rotate with his defensive line, and it's going to look very legit. Now, some of, some of their other picks, Henry um, uh, Tuo out of Alabama, I thought he was a good linebacker, but, again, they lack talent. So they're bringing in talent into this team. They get Jared Patterson out of uh, Notre Dame. Um center so another key piece for cj stroud i think this guy can turn into a starter then they got one of our guys who i thought was gonna go in like the fourth round xavier hutcherson big wide receiver go up and get the ball cj stroud is a ball pacing specialist another thing that i think will be legit for him and then brandon hill i think will be more likely a special teams player but i i i see houston texans have really turned their team around i, I i'm just telling you guys right now like where they were talent wise from where they are now oh, yeah. it's just it's just a major difference especially since they were sober at that talent then you look at some of the what they did from uh in in free agency they had linebacker denzel perryman guy's not a outstanding linebacker or anything like that but he's serviceable he's going to be there for you he's going to play well they re uh they trade for sack shaq mason and sign him to a three-year contract so i think that's fixing the offensive line in houston um they get um they uh, also signed uh, Eric Tomlinson, who I think is a legit tight end, who was with the uh, uh, Jets. No, I thought he was with the Chargers. I don't know. I thought it was a Jet last year. Okay, could be the Jets, but I thought it was the Chargers. So my apologies if I'm wrong there. They claim uh, Tyree Giuseppe from, from the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, if you guys know, he was pretty solid for them for a few years. Uh, Jermaine Carter. And then uh, who else was it that they did? And then they added um, from Tennessee, they brought in um, – what was his name, Matt? Um, the receiver? Yeah, from uh, Robert Woods. Rams. Yeah, Robert, Robert Woods. Woods. So another guy. So they gave in C.J. Stroud weapons all over the place. And yeah. then obviously you have D'Amico Ryan. So what do you do? You go get a corner from the San Francisco 49ers. They bring in Jimmy Ward, who I think is another legit corner who can play and then help develop some of your younger rookies. Then they add uh, D-tackle Hassan Ridgeway, former Colt. Everybody should know him. Um, and then Sheldon Rankin. So they're really beefing up this defense to be able to stop the run game. And uh, there was one more defensive tackle from missing him here. I apologize. Uh, uh, Taylor Star- Starworth. I thought should have stayed with the Indianapolis Colts. Very good run stopper, um, serviceable, be able to rotate uh, to a one-year deal. He got a Super Bowl ring last year. Exactly. Yeah, so I think uh, he was pretty good. Um, 
They you added, are really hyping this Houston team up. I'm telling I, you, bro. And I'm not going to lie, bro. When I did my homework on them, I was so bored outside of the tank, Dale. I'm telling you, bro. Like I was, I was not, bro. I'm telling you. Look, they added, they added running back Devlin Singletary, who's not exciting or anything like that. But this guy has experience I like Devin with Singletary. Buffalo Bills. Exactly. I like Devin Singletary. And to then, be honest, I thought he should have. I thought he should have stayed in Buffalo and was a star over there. Exactly. Exactly. And then, um, and then lastly, they added uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end from Dallas Cowboys. I think this Houston roster has literally went from 32 to at least mid-tier. And I'm not even trying to under-rank mid-tier. Being a 15th to 16th ranked team, that is extremely huge for Houston. I still, so I still think – fans out there, don't be surprised I, if you go from worst to first. I still think wide receiver is questionable. I mean, I get it. You draft it's Tank Dell. Just because they're that. old. And I, 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 I get that Tank Dell is a good draft pick. I get that. But you know how wide receivers are. They're hit or miss. When they come right. into the NFL, they're hit or miss. So right. Tank Dell has the potential to be great, and I don't and, ever knock them for that. And I think Mechie but, has but the, an opportunity to be great. Yeah, but, but, the, but the fact that Robert Woods right now is your potential wide receiver one is where my question mark sits. I think, well, John Mechie should be their receiver one. And I think if yeah. John Mechie comes back from his – you know, cancer and everything like that, and him getting back on the field. Maybe it might not show week one or week two or week three or week four, but I think by midseason, he might actually start looking like the same guy he was at Alabama, who was extremely shifty, extremely explosive. And then when you got a quarterback who's a, 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 a ball point specialist like C.J. Stroud, like I said, I don't think his numbers are going to be phenomenal. But if they don't have the turnovers like they had, if they can have the ability to run ball, uh, run the ball, and then a coach like I expect D'Amico Ryans to be and be able to shift that defense, I think this team is going to be very competitive. I still had them – I don't know if we're saying our wins tonight or whatever. I still had them at a lower win team, but this team will be instantly, I believe, ready, even more ready to compete than they have been. Um, just because I'm going to play devil's advocate – and I was talking about this with Matt before we started. Yeah. I get the D'Amico Ryan's hype, and I said that I loved him as my coach, and he was like the guy that I wanted. I'm not going to sit here and say it didn't. But what concerns me about D'Amico is usually defensive coaches find elderly offensive coordinators or who have previous head coaching experience, someone on that staff they can lean on, he yeah. has none of that. He has a young defensive coordinator who's never called defense. He has a young offensive coordinator who's never called offense or ran an offense. Does that in any way, shape, or form scare you and concern you? Because to me, I understand it's a growing process. Yes, 100%. But not having someone, you know, hell, Frank Reich had John Fox. I mean, Steichen's got Gus Bradley. Not having someone who's been there, done that, someone you can go to and ask questions with, does that not scare the hell out of you as a possible, hey, they could have won more games, but because coaching was so bad the first year, you know, like it, so, it hampers them and so holds them back. I want to I wanna go ahead and I want to go ahead and respond to that. I do – I have a, a big, huge thing when it comes to defensive coordinators becoming head coaches. I always believe that they need a grace period. I don't think their first year is usually successful. 
Uh, right. If you look, if you look at it historically, the 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 only real successful defensive coordinator as a head coach is Bill Belichick. Right. Uh, you have guys who like Wade Phillips is probably arguably the best defensive coordinator in NFL history. Right, but when I'm talking, you you see successful defensive coordinators as head coaches. So you usually had, you know, Rex, Rex Ryan had Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah. You know, they usually have a coordinator who's had experience. Chuck, Pagan- Chuck Pagano had Bruce Arians. Right. So so my they thing is – They don't have that. So, so that that's a concern to me. So, no, I'm so, with you. So in my, in my opinion, though, it's, the difference for me is, is that Houston has lacked a lot of talent, right? And and they've been competitive. Right. There was like even the I think they played the Eagles last year. Everybody thought it was going to be like a forty to six blowout. They were competitive in that right. game up until the fourth quarter. Right. And so I think what D'Amico Ryan's bring, he's going to be a new level of motivation to this team as they're adding talent. I I believe this might be the most flipped rosters that we oh, see NFL, um, all year. So the thing but, is, they but, they added they added Bobby uh, Slowick. From the uh, 49ers as a passing game coordinator. So I would say, um, as a Texans fan, if I was a Texans fan, I would be concerned. As an NFL fan, I'm not. Right. So if, we, if right. we look at everything we've seen on, over the past few years, Sean McVay, um, Zach Taylor uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, um, even Brandon Staley out of the Chargers, as much as I hate to throw that name in there. Uh, 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 Mike, Mike McDaniel's uh, Mike McDaniels with Miami. Everybody's going younger and more innovative. So when I sit here and think about Bobby Slowick and what he would bring to that offense in Houston, it's going to be what did they do? They went and drafted a or, or uh, re-signed Laramie Tunsil, one of the best left tackles in the game. Right. Added Shaq Mason, one of the it's, best run blocking and it's a consistent run game. game and a solid defense. Exactly. That's what, that's what Houston wants to hang their hat on. That's what the AFC South is outside of Jacksonville. Exactly. So when I think about the Houston Texans, it's going to be run the ball and quarterback play efficient with a game that is really shifty and quick passes. So when you think about who they have with a John Mechie, with a Tank Dell, with yeah. a Nico Collins that, that's a deep guy or it's just going to be over the shoulder outside where that fits his game perfectly. And then um, Xavier Hutchinson's who they added in the draft. I literally think this th- – it may be like – it may look like a Tennessee Titans offense almost where they're running the ball and be efficient passing when they went to the AFC championship game. So that's why as an NFL fan – I wouldn't be sitting here looking at Houston like they're just going to be a pushover. I'm going to think like this is about to be a dogfight for 60 minutes. No. So I don't discredit the amount of talent they've added to that roster. My question is, does D'Amico Ryans have the right amount of resources? So my my big question comes in is it still stays on the offensive side. We need to keep D'Amico Ryans out of the conversation because – D'Amico Ryan's being the head coach as a defensive coordinator is is one thing, but then you start looking offensively. You're looking at a guy like Bobby Slowick, who's their offensive coordinator, right? Coming from San Fran, who had coached underneath a guy like Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. What is that guy going to be able to do without a guy like Kyle Shanahan, who was telling him ultimately what to do? Well, so, I mean. I mean, the concern still stays offensively, 
right on what they're going to be able to do i under i understand the point of what 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 we would do with the run and pat you know what i'm saying right i'm right there and i agree with demarco but at the same time my concern still stays with how zach is with when you have a guy like bobby slowicki who's worked under great successful coaches of kyle shanahan who's coached in multiple places successfully so what are you going to be able to do without him are we, are we are we are doing AFC South predictions tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so once once I make my prediction, you guys will kind of understand where I'm coming from with that. I'm I'm just saying like the the Houston that when you turn on the TV and you watch whatever you watch out there, fans, if you watch ESPN or you watch NFL Network, and they pretty much be like, oh, this team is gonna win two games because they're a pushover. That won't be the case with the Houston Texans this year. It'll be year two for C.J. Stroud. Is this the year that they take the leap? Because last year they lost eight games by three points or less. So I th- and, I'm, and, and, and I don't think I don't think me and Zach are saying that they're going to be pushovers. I think no, I don't think no, 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 no. We, no, we no, just no, have no, we I'm just not, have concerns. No, no, I'm not saying you guys are saying they are. I'm saying. That will be like the difference, like like the way it seems like I'm making their roster seem like it's going to be over the top. I'm just saying that they're still going to lose games, but they won't look as bad as they used to. I don't think I don't think C.J. Stroud is going to lose as many games as Trevor Lawrence did his first season. Exactly. Right. I'll say that he's not going to go. He's he's not going to go one in fifteen. You know what I'm saying? He's not even going to be as bad as Trevor Lawrence was his second season, where he went like three and fourteen or whatever he went his second season. Um, I, I, I think Houston's good, is is in the same position as we are, in my opinion, to where we could be between that six and eight wins, and highly competitive. Yeah, the only team I downright see, speaking from an Indianapolis perspective, or a Houston perspective. The only team I see Houston downright sweeping, and I think every team in the division will either split or sweep, is Tennessee this year. Because that I depends, think, man. That depends. I, think Tennessee, oh, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they will, man. I, I think Tennessee has taken so much of a step back that yes. like the offense is more trouble than it is worth fixing, and that defense is going to do exactly what Indianapolis did last year, which is they're on the field a hundred fucking times a game. And they just collapse because they're tired. I gotta say I disagree just because of the fact that I think that a majority of people are sleeping on Mike Vrabel. I do yeah. not think this team I don't sleep past Mike Vrabel is anywhere getting shitted on. I would not be surprised again this year if they go seven and ten, like eight like and nine, something like, like I that. said, like I said, roster wise, they look terrible. And I got exactly. that roster wise, they look like, terrible. Roster dog crap. Dog crap. Yeah. But you at still the end have of the a day, guy like you still have a guy like Mike Vrabel. And at the end of the day, coaching only does so much. It's all about execution. And I believe that when it comes to getting the players to execute, Houston, that's the deficiency. Houston I'm gonna doesn't say this. have. I'm going to say this. Outside of A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Jeffrey Simmons, Kevin Byard, that roster has been dog shit for the last five years. Yeah. They have their rosters never been intimidating outside of a few, ever, right. outside of a handful of guys. And Mike, well, all you did was lower that handful of guys to about four players. Mike Rabel's still going to be able to coach them. His, his, the, the thing that's holding him back is quarterback play, in my opinion. 
Well, I don't think it was just quarterback play. I think it was um, uh, J-Rob. He let that offensive line turn yeah. to crap. Then they and, got injured. And- Injuries didn't need, injuries they, have killed them the last two years. They, and then they've been bad at secondary since about 2015. And then they drafted a guy with a broken back. So I just I just yeah. feel like he, he made some mistakes trying to pick up on talent and injury like he did with Jeff Simmons, who came out with a hurt knee. He thought he could do the same at corner. And I, like I was telling you guys in the chat, two positions that I don't understand why you would draft a guy with a hurt back is left tackle and cornerback. Those are just two positions that I think is absolutely insane to go with a injured back. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I just don't, I don't know if everybody's seen my face out there. Sorry to surprise you, but if you're if you're um, a Phoenix fan at all, like, or if you live in Phoenix, you have to be a basketball fan. Uh, Coach Monty Williams just got fired, so I just thought that was crazy. I don't know why. Um, wow. He got fired, but they're going to go hire like, JJ Redick. I got the I got the XFL championship <laughs> on, so. Oh, we're gonna go. right now. Yeah, the Renegades are destroyed. Well, they were just destroying DC. It was seventeen nothing, but DC just scored. So they're gonna go hire JJ Reddick. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into basketball, but I just thought that was insane that he got fired because that's like this uh, like third just, coach that's gotten fired. Just out. so everyone knows, I am broken hearted. The Devils lost on Thursday night. We're out of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel I bad for mad. Matt, but I ain't had one team be successful except. The Lakers are going to the Western Conference Finals. Let's get it. So uh, I, I really needed that for my uh, teams this year. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so I just think that I think that no team in the South can be slept on outside of the Colts just because of the fact that uh, the way that we looked last year, the only thing we really needed was quarterback play. But, obviously, I think Jacks- Jacksonville is going to spearhead this division um, and then I think Tennessee could, or not Tennessee, Houston could easily jump everyone um, if they look the way that I felt like they should look getting my QB one, head coach one, receiver one, getting all three of those if they look the way they look. Obviously, Tennessee is going to look like Tennessee regardless of how you like it, how much you hate them, whatever you feel about them. The roster is going to look like crap, and they're going to come out and they're going to punch you in the mouth every single week, no matter how you like it. And then we have our Indianapolis Colts, who have been the team that's been shifting the most every single year, which is the team that I think should be steady, but we'll see how that boat rocks back and forth. All right. So prediction-wise, we go in, we're not going wins for each team, right, because we didn't look at their schedules. I didn't look at everybody's schedule. Uh, we're going to go what we think everybody's going to finish in based off of what we discussed. Who you all got winning the division? I have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the division. I have Jacksonville winning the division with 10 wins. I, yeah, I got Jacksonville winning the division too. I think that offense goes from 10th overall to about 6th or 5th overall, in my opinion. So I don't have them at 10 wins. I have them barely winning the division at 8 or 9. Oh, so I don't. I, I have I, I, I have them. I have them at eleven to twelve wins. Yeah, I got them, <laughs> I got them at eight or nine. I have them at eleven to twelve. I think they have a. I think they have a quarterback that's going to compete with the top three, top four quarterbacks in the AFC. Um. Yeah, I think I think Jacksonville wins no less than ten. Anything yeah. less, in my opinion, is a failure. Facts and uh, yeah, facts. 
Yeah, All see, right. I would agree, but I just think that this division is going to be more competitive than it was last year. And as we've seen, uh, I believe, what was it? We beat them once. They swept Tennessee. Uh, I think they split with Houston, if I remember correctly. Houston always so. played. Houston always plays them hard, so I don't think that'll be another kickbox. So I just think that about eight or nine uh, what's in the division. All right. Who you guys got at number two? I got Indy. I have Indianapolis with nine wins. I got Indianapolis with uh, eight wins. So yeah, I guess I probably have to put Jacksonville at nine. So Yeah, I got, I got Indy with eight. Who we got at number three? Houston. I have Houston. Yep. Houston with seven to eight wins. So, so this is going to be my surprise to people. So I'm surprised that you guys actually had them at seven or eight wins because as much as I hyped them, I still had them at five wins. But I believe every game that they lose will literally be by one to three points. I think that offense is so, still too good. They're going to put up a bunch of the points. I just don't see them defensively being able to stop anybody yet because even though there's more talent, defense takes longer to gel, in my opinion. I'm actually, so think, I'm actually the opposite, the total I was just about opposite. To say, I'm, the op- I'm the opposite. I think that defense will hold opponents to about 18 yeah. points per game. I think so the offense will struggle a little bit until the yep. back half of the season. I think, I, think offensively, yeah. I think offensively is where Houston's question marks are going to stay in place because, in all honesty – I think, uh, in my opinion, their wide receiver one is up in the air, and I think Tank Dell being probably the be- biggest name brought in, Damian Pierce being probably the best player on the offense. Uh, yeah, offensively is a big question mark to me. I think it just goes back to me for a rookie quarterback. I mean, you, yeah, you, you, almost, you, you almost never see rookie quarterbacks excel, which is why I said that. I think J.S. will be steady and efficient. Unless you're big cock Brock. Yeah, our Andrew Luck. So it's just like <laughs> I just think those, those are those are the things that I think that will uh, hold them back just a little bit. But uh, please don't call him that, dog. <laughs> and then I have Tennessee last in the division. I have yeah, them winning man. three games man. because they're utter incompetency. Even if Vrabel's the best coach in the league, I think that roster is. Arguably the one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Defensively, it's great. Offensively, it's it's trash. That's how they win and, games, though. I, th- I think I think, <clears throat> I think because Tannehill's a year older and he's not going to be Tannehill. Yeah, I think offensively, Tennessee is going to be one of the worst teams in the league because everyone and their monkey's uncle is going to be like, stop twenty two. I think How Tennessee. How the hell did the Arlington I, Argonauts make it to the Super Bowl of the XFL at five and six? In the playoffs, baby. Five and know, six, bro. though. Five I don't and know, six. Bro. You shouldn't even make the playoffs. And they're whooping on a ten and one team. So that's insane, <laughs> dude. What the hell is twenty that? to six right now? But um, hey, so, uh, yeah. I agree. I think Tennessee. Um, I think Tennessee is going to get the indie effect of last year offensively. Um. I think Ryan Tannehill has too much on his, you know, people breathing on the back of his neck, right? Uh, he They drafted Malik Willis last year. Uh, then he got, you know, Ryan Tannehill had his issues, and then they had Josh Dobbs playing, and offensively they were just a disaster. And I think 
even though he's saying in interviews like, oh, I've been here before because they drafted uh, Will Levis. I think Will Levis is going to be starting. Malik Willis. Uh, no. Uh, Will he Levis. said, I've been here before because they drafted Malik Willis. Yeah. So he's doing it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think uh, Will Levis is going to be starting by probably the first time we play. Damn, you think that early? That'd be, like week, that'd five? be week five. I think that early. Wow. Well, oh, I got, I got, I got Tennessee at five wins. I think, uh, I think they'll tie with Houston. You have them the more win. I have them winning three legit games. No, nah, I, I got, a, I got them at five still because I, I don't think Rabel's gonna ever go out like a punk. I think oh, it's not Rabel's fault. Beat him. Um, I mean, even with the talent, regardless. I mean, he still. Didn't really hit the avalanche until he literally lost everybody uh, towards the end you. of last season. So I still think they uh, come in, they play hard, and I think it again. I think they may even they may even start like four and two, and then just have hit an avalanche. Do what they did last so, year, they started yeah, exactly. four and two. Exactly. And so everyone died, and they I mean, four, went down four and two, four and two with one of those losses coming from us. Exactly. So it's just I think uh, that's just just a situation that I think they'll start out in, and uh, they'll they'll slowly have to work their way back, and uh, they may even end up with our guy Marvin Harrison Jr. The sad part. So. I'll be so mad. Don't wish that evil <laughs> on me, bro. Yeah. So just just saying <laughs> that's what the case may be, but I, I think uh, they they would be at about five. Yeah, we got a question I want to answer from CJ Angon. Yeah, he's a local kid from Butler, and then he went to Harvard. I think he's a camp body at best. He started at Harvard, and then he transferred to Butler. Either way, camp body at best. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. I'm wrong. Obviously, he's better than me. I'm aware of that. I mean, duh. But it's an accomplishment to even get an NFL tryout. But I think that's where it ends, like camp body. Yeah, I think, I mean, you can see a lot of those. That's why you guys don't see me a lot of time trying to put everybody out there just because, like, we, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those guys are going to be. It's tough to tell. Half, <laughs> half these dudes are camp bodies to begin with. You guys know what I call them. Camp warriors. Yep. I mean, sometimes you may need those camp warriors, but it's just tough to tell with all of them. You know? Yeah, it's the short All American team right now, the Underwear All Americans, as Steve Smith calls them. So, <laughs> well, Steve that Smith is uh, that's uh, that's our boy Josh Downs, Steve Smith in a smaller body. I yeah. will say this, since we're talking about the AFC South, I do think that the uh, I do think that we probably have the most questionable team in my opinion not questionable but as in the most unpredictable that's uh, fair i don't yep. mean as in like we're questioning everything about the team i think it's just the fact that you have a guy like anthony yeah we change quarterbacks every year we have a guy like anthony richardson you don't know what you're getting from a guy like anthony richardson so let me ask you this then if we shit the bed let's say indianapolis wins four games but yeah. You see Anthony Richardson really blossom and, and bloom and take off, and we're competitive. Do you still think Ballard pulls the guns and trades some key places away like Buckner? No, no. Um, or do you think he keeps them? No, and you keep them and you build it out. No, okay. no. Keep if, them things, and you build. If, things, if things look positive, you don't trade anybody. 
But Look, if, 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 for some people. If there's anything, if there's anything that I've seen from Ballard this offseason, is they're not expecting fucking Anthony Richardson to come out and light it up. I've told you guys this in our chat. I don't think he starts. I don't think he starts till after week six. Nah, I after think week five, dog. From from what like, Shane has, from what Shane Steichen has said, Anthony I'm, Richardson starting week one. I'm I don't care. Putting, no, it's 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 as simple it's as simple as what Shane is saying. The development comes from playing. Playing. It's hard to and argue. Shane, and there's but, no way like he's gonna earn it. He's got to earn it throughout camp. Right. 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 But, but in my opinion, it, Shane is. It's it's already there, man. Anthony Richardson is starting. The Col- the Colts have have hyped him up in every media post as QB one. The rest of the team has hyped him up as QB one. He's there as QB one. He's not there as QB two until week six. You see, what I'm saying like I just if you, look if at you pay attention to what they're doing media wise, right? Social media wise. You There's no way that yeah. Anthony Richardson does not start week one. He's sell, I understand he's that he, tickets. I understand I, that he might benefit by not think, starting week one, but the way I'm torn. Seems- I'm torn because I agree with you, but I also view it as the division's pretty much decided after the first six weeks. But that's why you got to start him. I but that's why you got to start him. I don't want to hurt. If we and, got a and, real chance in hell, I don't want to fucking throw it away just so we can start a rookie. But here's the thing. Do you think we have a better chance with Gardner Minshew to win the division than you do Anthony Richardson? I'm a little bit more confident in Gardner than I am. Richardson. I am not. Yeah. Not at all. I am not. Just because he's seen some a few more things than, than <laughs> I'm, I'm just not. Like no, you guys are you guys are I'm just laughing because you guys are in complete disagreement here. The athletic profile, I'm taking Richardson all day. All day. Like, no, no, no. So, my, so the that's ceiling yeah. is Richardson. <laughs> but if there's a chance that we're actually in it. I hey, don't I'm, want the rookie to make the mistake. Hold on, Before we get into this, I promise it won't be like three weeks ago when we got into it bad. <laughs> this yeah. is this will be this will be healthy. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, I was just about to say, like, it comes down to something that that uh Rick, Rick Venturi has said. It's like if you have Anthony Richardson sitting on the sidelines watching, what do you become really good at at watching? You Nothing. become good at watching. Yeah, that's that's it. And so the point here becomes is that if you want to have him start, my thing is is Anthony Richardson is going to be a starter. It comes down to can he protect himself? Do you know protections? Can you watch out for the blitz? Can you know to slide? Can you know to get out of bounds? If he can protect himself, there is no reason at all that he shouldn't be a starter. By now, let and and now here, let me let me also put this in argument, right? If you bring up this schedule, I'm going to bring the schedule back up. All right. Let me bring it yep. back up because we got it right here. Hold on. That's slide one. Let me go to slide two. All right. So you look at this schedule, right? You have Jacksonville, Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville. I'm just talking division. I don't care about the Baltimore and the Rams. Right, right, right. That's right? all I care about. I'm talking to division-wise because the division could be pretty much decided by week six if we went 0-4 or whatever. You, you could know, be a whatever. playoff team and win seven games and just – Sweep the division, like right. that's all I care about. But here's but here's my important point right here. Right, you play Jacksonville week one, then you play Jacksonville again week six. We just predicted Jacksonville to be the division winners. So if you want to go ahead and beat Jacksonville at least once to keep you in the fight the rest of the season, you got to play. The best why not play your quarterback 
Anthony Richardson week one, because if we lose week one, now he has experience against that team. He's going to play them again week six. Yeah, I don't want to show him on tape though. That's the thing. No, like, but you show you show a guy like, you show a guy like Anthony Richardson on tape week one. It might look different week six because Anthony Richardson is just this athletic freak that you're still trying to figure out. I mean, that's fair because no, every team start- has to figure that guy out. I just look at it like and it, bro, we start we start zero four, bro. Like yeah, yeah, straight. <laughs> like, but but do you think we? I think we have more of a chance to start zero four with Gardner Minshew than I think we do with Anthony Richardson. And the only reason I believe that is because we can go ahead and lose to Jacksonville week one, which is a high possibility, and we can beat Houston week two because Anthony Richardson's got one game down in his belt. I think with Anthony Richardson, we have a better chance of even keeping it competitive with Baltimore because of his style of play. Yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I think getting Baltimore no early here, we can start 0 4. No, 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 no. I agree. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, sitting here saying, if I'm looking at our offense being ran by a guy like Anthony Richardson, then a guy no, like Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I think Anthony Richardson is more difficult to game plan against Ooh, because obviously. you don't know what's going to happen. He, you just he can do both, obviously. I mean, he's yeah. a threat. I don't, I don't argue that. That's not my argument. My argument is because the way the schedule is made and built with the division games being so early, do you take that risk or do you say he starts after – Week six. Okay, so I'll put it like this then, Zach. Who, regardless of experience, who do you think is the better player and the better quarterback? Gardner Minshew or Anthony Richardson? Overall, Richardson. Then that's who you play. I would say, regardless of the division, regardless of what it is, whoever you think is the better quarterback or the better player. Just just from a football sense, my eyes and my feet and my ears, everything, it's Richardson. And that's well, who you gotta. That I would say that's who you gotta play. Like I said before, as long as he can protect himself, as long as he's not getting thrown out to an area where he's just gonna get demolished by defenses. Other than that, if he can protect himself, and he has to know that growing pains are gonna come. Hey, you may throw a pass late. You may throw an interception. You may throw some tip balls. You may not look the way that you want to look early. But this is all to help you grow. Don't make the same mistake twice. Play fast, play efficient, play the way you play, play smart, get the ball to your playmakers, and protect yourself at all costs. And if that's what you do, then we're playing you because you are the best player, the best quarterback for our team to play as long as you can protect here's, yourself. Here's the idea, too. You, you, like The way I look at it is this year I don't care about winning the division or making the playoffs. So even looking at the schedule, I don't care if by week seven we're already out of the division. You know what I mean? Right. The, the, my my point is to just see Anthony Richardson develop. And we talked about this a few weeks ago where it got heated, right? Where we talked about guys like Josh Rosen and Zach Wilson and guys who are potentially not going to be franchise quarterbacks, mainly because of the fact that their front office had seen them not succeed and now they just want to move on, Right. And I think I, th- I think I didn't really express my point in the fact that as a rookie quarterback, if you don't 
win the division or you don't make the playoffs, I don't think that should hinder you moving forward. As long as the second season you take the step forward or the third season. Like, if you look at Trevor Lawrence, 1-15 first season. I think he had three wins season two. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, and then, That's right. we, you know, year three, he wins the division at nine wins. I got it. I call that by default. But if if you see the progression, then that quarterback needs to go ahead and be, continue to be the starter. As long as you come into the season with the mindset that this guy is developing and he's still going to be your starter year two, it doesn't matter if you win the division doesn't matter if you make the playoffs. All that matters is that the development happens, and then you see it in year two. Yep, that's the same thing for me. Development for Anthony Richardson and more than four wins. And I think that's what I think that's I think that's what argument. As long as you get to four, four or more wins, or three, I would go. I mean, I mean, I don't. I understand Peyton only had three, but that team was absolutely garbage when Peyton. But we also have seventeen games now and not sixteen. So exactly. So I would say I'm. I'm only reason I'm saying four or more is just for Jim Irsay's health. We have to hit more than that win total from last year. Our Jim Ursay may do some other irrational stuff. So I just think as long as you get to four or more, and then you see Anthony Richardson approve, even, just like even if college. it's even even if the wins aren't there, let's say we win three games and not the four. As long as Anthony Richardson was promising, because you can see I mean, it, and you can see it individually. Right? Okay, so so Matt, real quick before you I- explain on that. So you say as long as Anthony Richardson is promising, right? With the expectations of what this defense should be, do you honestly think there should could be less than three wins as good as we think this defense should be? If Anthony Richardson is promising. Now hold on, hold on, because I, I, I understand. Um, I think the biggest question for us offensively is the wide receiver court. And I've said that multiple times, right? I, I Everybody wants. I thought, to I thought it was offensive line, but no, I don't think it is offensive line because I think the offensive line was always a schematic issue. Got you, got you. Like they looked good with Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, who are very similar quarterbacks when it comes to movement. Yep. Um, yeah, and then Phil, Phil, and Uncle Phil is just a guy who gets the ball out quick. So the offensive line was successful there, and then you had Carson Wentz where. They didn't. They weren't terrible. I, I don't think offensive line was bad that year. I think they were not. Carson, very much. I think Carson what's Richardson and being able to move and get on. Carson the held on to the ball too much. Carson Carson held on to the ball Aaron too Fisher much. And then was you, right, and then you had a a, a a statue in Matt Ryan. So in my opinion, I don't think offensive line is the biggest question. That's I think fair. right now it's what will Michael Pittman Jr. do because Michael Pittman Jr. is ultimately our wide receiver one, right? And right now Alec Pierce is our wide receiver two. And then you have Isaiah uh, McKenzie, but I think I personally think Josh Downs is going to steal that spot. Ooh, um, he out of there! Touchdown, DC. Really? I mi- I didn't see it yet. I'm a little he behind. Just, he, I'm a little behind. I got to like forty yards or something like that. So, in 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 my opinion, um, I want to see Michael Pittman take the step forward and not only take the step forward in yards. Right? Everybody's so obsessed with stats. What I want to see him do is be able to get open. I love his contested catches. We all love them, especially on third down. He makes great contested catches. The dude, in my opinion, has probably a top eight hands in the NFL, maybe top five. 
hands in the NFL. But what the guy needs to do is be able to get open. Yep. That's what I want to see more of. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. That's my only argument is uh, you can see Anthony Richardson making the right decisions. You can see him making the right, you know, um, quick reads, things like that. And you can go ahead and push aside. Hey, if we lose, if we win three games, Anthony Richardson did really well in his development. He was making plays. He was making this happen. But if Michael Pittman Jr. takes the step forward from what he did with Carson Wentz, right? If he takes a step forward from that, I think we win nine, ten games. That's just me. Yeah, see? So with that being said, that's another reason why I say that if Anthony Richardson is promising with what this defense has been able to do with solid quarterback play, I think there's no way in hell that Indianapolis lose less than uh, five, six games. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. I'm not an argument against that at all. So that's that's my exact reason for – But we have to have – Four wins or more – we have to have play. we have to this. have the consistency at wide receiver. Let me let team. me flip I, this. I agree with that. I agree. We flip this. I agree with all of that. I don't disagree with any of this. Good, good to hear. The defense, <laughs> right? Let's say the defense is elite. Okay. Let's say you know with the Colts finally have an elite defense. Talking like, for example, the the Seahawks defense, or you could even if you want to. All Indy has to do is score 17 points a game and 0-1 Baltimore type defense. Just okay. dominant. Okay. Do you take, do you risk the rookie playing because he can lose you more games than winning more games and just Absolutely. going out and being Absolutely. consistent with a guy like Minchu who's not gonna do too much to play yeah. point guard? Yes. You know why? Why? Because Gardner Minshew was not here to be the future of the team. So if you have an elite defense. Right, but and, that and elite defense can carry you to a Super Bowl. You're yeah, still but, gonna play a rookie. But here's the thing: Do you want one Super Bowl, or do you want that guy to develop and now you can win multiple Super Bowls? I do think you, you want can the, win all, multiple. Now let's now let's let's look at it like this: Richardson a year. I don't think you can. Or you played him when it didn't matter. Only I don't think like crunch time. I don't think like you can. I, I mean, I mean, I, obviously the argument would be Patrick Mahomes sitting a year. Um. And that potentially coming into multiple Super Bowls. So, I, I mean, that could be your argument. Yeah, this should, that could happen. Um, but in my opinion, I th- I truly think the way Anthony Richardson is, is going to develop more from being on the field because his main issue is accuracy. Right? Right. I mean, it's been said. I still think his completion percentage is bogus. Uh, he's more in the 60% completion area of last year if you count if you take away the drops, right? He's more in the 66 plus. But right. that's still an accuracy issue. So you can still work on his accuracy. His accuracy can be developed in practice, sure, but now you're missing some other key developments. It's just me. If we sit him, right? Because you think that we can win a Super Bowl with like, yeah. a guy like yeah. Minshew Magic, I'm I because like how dominant the defense would be. That's hypothetical. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I like Gardner Minshew. I liked him in Jacksonville. I liked him in Philly. I think he didn't perform very well in Philly compared to what he performed in Jacksonville. He did great against Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do like Gardner Minshew. Do I think Gardner Minshew with an elite defense brings us a Super Bowl? Fuck no, I don't. Because he had because he had an elite defense in Philly. 
and then, and he lost those games. Well, he I think he went one and one. Yeah, he went. Five I'm pretty sure he didn't win a game. No, he he beat Dallas. He put up the um. Okay, okay, but Dallas was yeah. also missing Dak Prescott. Well, that's not Philly, I, can't, I, can't, Philly, I can't remember for sure. But I do I remember one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I remember 100% because Philly beat Dallas when Dallas didn't have their starters. Yeah. Dallas beat Philly when Philly didn't have their starters. So Jalen Hurts beat Philly or beat Dallas. Dallas beat Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So, so my thing with that is as well is, is that we already know what Gardner Minshew is. He's mentioned so, magic. So, so regardless, right. of he's, he's is, Jean you Jacket. Think, you think he's a, you think he's a, you think he's a streaky player for a few games. Yeah, and that's everybody it. up. He and is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is a backup quarterback, and so he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. My thing is, is just like with the Anthony Richardson. So, so Zach, from your position, from the question that you're asking, pretty much is, you think about a Trey Lance, you think about a. Um, a uh, Jordan Love, you sit Anthony Richardson for too long, he may come out, get hurt. You may see Gardner Minshew play well for 14 games or whatever, and then you never get to see Anthony Richardson. Fact. And so then it comes down to a situation where it's like, okay, some years go by, and we still haven't seen this guy play. We don't know what he can do, what he's going to be, and now we have to pay him. Make and a now, and now, like and then the Packers are doing with Jordan Love. And then one game, and then one year, you know, a fucking mystery irrelevant pops up, and now Trey Lance is potentially a trade oh, block on the way out the door. <laughs> you know, and he's so, supposed to be one of the most talented players in a I while. Mean, I wouldn't mind being in that position, but <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but that's what I—that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. So our defense, as we all know it, outside of last year. Is a very good defense yeah. with with promising or solid QB play, which is why I think it's totally re- totally reasonable to say Anthony Richardson. As long as you can protect yourself, you get in there and play because of the fact that we need Gardner Minshew in the in case of an emergency. This is this is what I'll say. If they decide to start Gardner Minshew week one, right? It's- Let's say they, if he starts week one, he needs to start through the Rams. Right? Well, that'd be week four. Three? Week three. Week four. Week four. Right? Yeah. Anthony Richardson needs to start by at least the second Jacksonville game. That's that's totally reasonable because I had at him, least I had him sitting like two, three games. So yeah, totally at least reasonable. maybe maybe he sits until Houston or no, Houston's week two. That'd be week so, two. Maybe he maybe Baltimore. he sits until the Rams or Baltimore, right? Maybe that's okay. I mean, either way, right? You guys know how I feel about sitting a guy who's a top five draft pick. Yeah. That's <laughs> how I feel. I, I do understand how it could benefit them when it comes to certain players like Patrick Mahomes. I personally don't think him he's sitting. an anomaly anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't personally think that benefited him. I think he was always that guy. I he, just think he, that he, 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 was, was, he was. He was. Yeah, I just think. I go just back think to the, if you go back to the writers' reports on Patrick Mahomes from practices, they were just like, this guy's insane. I think, I think maybe the best example, and God, I want to fucking myself talking about this. I think the most person recently that we could think of is Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Brett Favre 
for the four for three or four years, however long he sat behind him, and probably benefited Aaron Rodgers. But I'm just I just don't feel it. I feel like to me, I can coach a guy better when he's on the field seeing full speed. His practice is never full speed. Preseason's not full speed. That's just me. I honestly, I think, I think sitting a quarterback is only beneficial if the guy isn't like sitting for a year or Facts. more. Like, I, I feel like I feel like a few games is fine, or maybe even through camp. Like if you look at like a Justin Herbert, he sat all through mini camp, and then camp, and then a few weeks season. And, and a couple weeks. played week one. And well, then, no, he and, didn't and start then, week one. No, no, he played week one because Tyreek uh, Tyreek uh, Tyrod Taylor. I thought that was in. I was thought that was no. mid season. No, that was, was literally. I, like, I want to say I that it was like, like week two or week three. No, it was literally like three, four days before. San Diego. One. San Diego came out and said he was going to sit the whole year. Yeah, Tyrod. If Tyrod Taylor didn't mess his so was, Yeah, exactly. So it was Herbert like said three, he four days before the season, and they're like, "Hey, Justin, you're you're the guy." So it's like to me, it's like you only need so many games. If your guy needs more than like, you know, four games, you probably didn't get the right guy. No. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Guys are still too close. Real quick, real quick, just a correction. Tyrod Taylor played week one. They started off one and zero, and then he got hurt. So he got hurt in week two. I thought it was week one. That was that's my yeah. I just know when I thought week it was... two's game against the Chiefs started. <laughs> Taylor was nowhere to be seen because he got hurt in week one. And then are, Herbert are was Sean suddenly the starting quarterback. They punctured his punctures one because Herbert talked about it. He yeah. was under the the assumption that he was going to sit show, the entire year. Did they show what day that was reported? That was day uh, of the game. Um, I'm I'm on uh, October thirteenth, twenty twenty. What it does it say if that's like a Tuesday gonna, or no? That was day. That was game day before the game. Tyrod so Taylor, Tyrod Taylor earned the start. Hold on, you hold said on. October, October 13, 2020. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna share this real quick. I'm gonna share the screen so that you all can. So see. So that was a Tuesday. That's hold a Tuesday. On. Yeah, I'm gonna share what the, what the. Hold on. No, I just wanted to see the day because I was trying to think of how many days he had to prep to. Can you guys see? Starter. Can you guys see this? Uh, a little bit. I might have to open up my screen here. There we go. All right, hold on, hold on. All right, so I had to make my adjustment. So this was – this isn't week two, so this is later on, right? You can October see here. October 13, 2020, so that's the Tuesday. Taylor played decent enough in week one to start Los Angeles off to a 1-0 start. He finished with 208 yards with no touchdowns, no interceptions. It was his first start since 2018 when he – Began the season as the Browns quarterback before getting hurt and losing Josh Baker Mayfield. Before that, he was a starting quarterback in Buffalo. He also played in the Ravens, if nobody knows that. He was the backup in Baltimore. Got a championship. So I actually low that. Okay, so I was very cocky with Madden back in the day. I played somebody with Baltimore. I benched Joe Flacco, put Tyrod Taylor as a starter, and I <laughs> I always did that. I don't know why, but whatever. So in three years after leading a team in the playoffs, Taylor only started in three games. He was out to prove he was still available starting in 2020, and then things went eerie. When week two's game against the Chiefs started, Taylor was nowhere to be seen, and Herbert was suddenly the starting quarterback. ESPN soon reported that this was the result of a team doctor accidentally punctured 
Taylor's lung while trying to administer a pain-killing injection to his cracked ribs. His injury actually starts in week one. He suffered two cracked ribs during the first drive of the game. So, yeah, it was week one that that happened. And then Justin Herbert took over in week two. Says he was clear to play week two. Yeah. The pain-killing one. So, yeah. I mean, again, it just shows, like, how much time is actually goes into that, and which is why another reason why I don't think even if you go back to Patrick Mahomes this season, I mean, if you got like an Alex Smith playing so well, then it's like okay, you you have no reason to play your rookie. But then you go into year two and you're like, let me trade this veteran quarterback because I got a guy right here that I'm not gonna sit here and wait for. So yeah, it's like okay, Patrick Mahomes missed his rookie season, but it's not like a a Jordan Love where you're in season three. It's not a, yeah. like a Trey Lance where you're in season three. So I want to say this. If, if it was, let's say, let's say uh, for some reason this year we didn't have a division rival week one, then I would say sit him. Touchdown Arlington. Yeah. I, I'm, That's I'm, the you know. only reason why I, why I am the way I am this year is because of the way our schedule is. And I think, I think we, it's a crucial for us to get off to a hot start. So, like, but, Gar- but 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 you really think Gardner Minshew gets us to a hotter start than a guy like Anthony Richardson, who, in my opinion, right? If you look at it like this, Jacksonville sees us week one, and then they see us week six. So you see Anthony Richardson week one, which will probably be more of an RPO or you know a read option style, a whole lot more running, and then week six. At the point that they see us week six, we're going to be throwing a whole lot more than we did week one. My question is, you start Minshew. You start Minshew week one, right? Okay. If they lose, okay. They lose again, all right, pull them. You put Richardson in. You let Richardson play the entire year. Nope. I feel like – I feel like – if you do that, that's a panic move, and you didn't make the decision on your own, Jackson. deciding deciding who was the best. You're just trying to save your ass and play. I'm the trying game. to win the division first and foremost. Hey, hey I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make that's I'm gonna, exactly why I asked you the question of who are you playing, who do you think is the best quarterback and the best player? Because my thing is, is like, if you think about it, Anthony Richardson's from Florida, so who do you think yeah. he would want to play for his first game? Like, who's he gonna be Jacksonville? Going to Jacksonville is right by Gainesville. That's his hometown play. team. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So who do you think he's going to be best for and, and most ready to play? His, like his, his biggest supporter is his mom. Who's exactly. going to be there? So, his mom. Well, he like, actually he moved his whole family up to Indianapolis. Yeah, I saw that. But the same point, right? Now he's got family at this game. He's got motivation. He's going to play way harder than Gardner Minshew is. And I just think it's like it's like if you don't play him and you lose to Jacksonville, it's basically like – he misses out on the intensity of it being a division game. Like even when when DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, when they were doing the 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 um schedule reveal and they had the Gator and they were like, Oh, it's Florida, Jacksonville. Yeah, they were all right. They, they were they instantly Gator. said they instantly said, All right, let's go. Because we're opening up playing a division opponent. Like they instantly from that moment turned it up to another level. Like we know who we're going against week one. We know we got to take care of business. And that's the same level that Anthony Richardson needs to beat you from the jump of the season that it's go time. I, I do want to, I do want to make a comment real quick. 
about that video. These motherfuckers ate a lot of food. I know. I was I was watching that and I was ready to throw up, bro. I was like, bro, when they, got, when they got like to week six, I was like, bro, I can't. Bro, what was, was the one with the burger that they couldn't even figure out? <laughs> I think I want to say that was Tennessee week ten. I think it was the oh Nashville burger. I think it might have been. Hey, bro, sure. they and and even Buck was like, oh my god, thank God it's week like, eleven. Yeah, he's like, how much this break? And Grover was like, bro, I'm hungry. He said, I need a nap. <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> Grover said he was hungry. <laughs> yeah, I know the forest buddy. He's like, I'm tapped out. I'm ready for a nap. Yeah. Like, like, put that in the to-go to box for me. <laughs> but, uh, but Zach, to your point, I, I understand the hesitance to want to play a rookie, and my only hesitance for it is, is is if he can't protect himself. And and I've seen a lot of Anthony Richardson at Florida, and he actually caught a lot of his right. life fiction. Right. I've read Florida, that. So yeah. it's like, so it's like if he can protect himself, and I would most likely think like the experience that Gardner Minshew has, an athletic ability that Anthony Richardson has, it it starts to break even to that point where I'm just like, why should I go with my guy that I purely brought in here for as competition? I just think that it's like if you can protect yourself, I have to go with best player available. So in my in my opinion, I'm real thick away, man. Dead tired. <laughs> like, I feel you. You guys, you know, best player available. Anthony Richardson, in my opinion, uh, right now is the best quarterback that we have. Um, Gardner Minshew is going to be too careful, and Sam is Sam. We, we saw the product of Sam. I think Sam's going to end up on the practice squad. I don't think we keep three quarterbacks this year. I had a hot take on Sam. I think Sam ends up our QB, too. Oh. I think there's a chance Sam could beat Minshew. In that case, if Sam beats Minshew, you start Richardson I just, because it's I, a watch. I just I mean, think I'm down with that. that. I'm okay I just, with that. I just think the way that this. I just think that the way that this offense is built and with Sam's mobility, he it fits this, this, this new scheme better than Gardner Minshew, regardless of the relationship between Minshew and Steichen. That I think Sam could end up. And, and in all honesty, you know, if you do that, let's say this right. Minshew's um, job is to stall the offense, and I feel like yeah. he's going to do that. Now, now you say right, right. But here's the thing: if you do that, you keep three quarterbacks on the roster. I got no problem with that because look what no, happened to San Francisco last year. Right? They don't now, you don't know. You don't know how you got, many you might need. Now you got AR starting. You got Sam back up, and then you got uh, Minshew as the clipboard warrior. They don't run a fullback. Right? I mean, I mean, we didn't. We didn't run fullback. We don't run. Shane Steichen don't use fullback. I don't think the Eagles ran fullback either. I don't they think they did either. But, but, Sh- but Shane's not only ones on them. I'm just saying things can change. Fullbacks oh, are fullbacks oh, are so I want to say uh, the Chargers. The Chargers, Chargers did. Was there had a fullback. Chargers did. But here's the thing. Fullbacks yeah. are fullbacks are, time, fullbacks are a time of the past, right? Because fullbacks are now running backs. Um, if you have up. a if you have a two running back system, it's either a tight end. In a goal line situation, or you have yeah. a two running back situation, and I've yeah. seen it. I even seen it with Frank with us. We've had Naheem Hines lined up in the fullback position. Or I mean, you're saying we were stupid to not keep using them. Or you're San Francisco and actually have a fullback who can do everything. And 
Bro, I'm sorry. Whoa, but... whoa, whoa. Chill out, Zach. Not everybody got a Kyle Yuschek. Bro, Yuschek's a dog. Bro, not everybody got a Yuschek, man. I'm sorry, but... He's one of my favorite guys. He's a dog. Christian, Christian McCaffrey is probably arguably probably my favorite favorite person in the NFL right now. <laughs> that dude's just a stud. When he went to San Fran, he revitalized his career. No, he just reminded everyone how good he was. He was just not used right in Carolina. Yeah. Isn't that what revitalized means? <laughs> I don't know that he does or doesn't. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, not gonna say he was. I don't a know. I just feel like, no, I just feel like he was the only thing in Carolina, and in San Francisco, he got to go get back to his efficiency like he had at Stanford, and they kept him healthy. Exactly. That was the important part. They yeah. kept that man healthy. So I just think there's a I, – I mean, it's it's a long way to go. We'll see how it goes. But I just think in the end, it's going to come down to can Anthony Richardson as a rookie protect himself because that's, that's what it's going to be. And, I mean, as long as he can protect himself, then I don't see how Gardner can start over everything that he can do. As long as, long as Anthony Richardson doesn't try to take stupid hits like – you know, trying to run over two run two linebackers at the same time, like Andrew Luck or Cam Newton, like Andrew Luck or Cam Newton, will be all right. But if he's able, if he knows he can get around them, Ooh, get around them. I think Richardson actually could run through two linebackers, unlike Luck. Andrew, Andrew <laughs> Luck, hold on, hold on now. Andrew Luck did run through two linebackers. Yeah, I think Richardson could do that with ease. Andrew Luck ran through Maluga and whoever else there was their running back in Cincinnati, or their linebacker in Cincinnati. He definitely ran through both of those dudes. He was tough as nails. Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect. That's it. The dirtiest motherfucker. Mr. Concussion. (laughs) Andrew Luck Luck ran through both of them in that game. Yeah, he was as tough as they come. It was it was a certain hit in that game that he took that messed up his ribs. Yeah, that was the shot from the uh, I want to say on a safety blitz. He threw a touchdown on the same play, but almost died. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew Luck was his, uh, he was different, man. He was as tough as they come. That's why it was uh, so heartbreaking for him. But and, I, and, I just and think Cam, that and Cam Newton hasn't been used correctly since Carolina. So if he goes to a team that knows how to use Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton could go ahead and be back at the top of the league. In my I opinion. don't. He's washed. Not not right now. Not anymore. Not like not like MVP status, but like he could be a consistent quarterback. In my he's opinion. washed. He's I don't. Washed. You don't think so? No, I think I think his his accuracy is so off. His confidence is shot. Like outside of his athleticism. I think with that being gone, I think it's just like he's washed. Man, I just I just liked how accurate he was on the run. Yeah, I mean that's he was what a fantasy I mean, championship. That's what I'm saying. Like without that, without was, that athleticism, his when, his accuracy on the run is like when he was the starter in Carolina, he was the most accurate quarterback on the run. Yeah, well, was, like I said, in 2015, he won me a fantasy championship. So thanks, Cam. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that was eight that, years that. ago, so maybe yeah. you guys are right. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll let that one concede. That was yeah, a long with, time ago. Yeah, he's not as young as I keep thinking he used to exactly, be. Exactly. Yeah. Without that <laughs> athleticism, it's like if he can't be Superman, then it ain't gonna really. Hey, cool. AR is the new Superman. And that, Don't exactly. wish that evil. That's on why. AR. And that. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want Anthony Richardson to be able to protect himself. Don't be like Cam Newton. Be like Lamar Jackson, where you see Lamar Jackson never taking big hits. 
Lamar Jackson like, is a blur. Be, be like T.Y., all right? Yeah, there you go. Like Little boy T.Y. used to slide anytime he was Do what does now, catch the ball, fall down. He doesn't get no yak. <laughs> Fast. Tyler Lockett, catch a ball, just die. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. When does, when does OTA start? Uh, sometime in July. That's a good question. But they're supposed to be at camp prior to that. In June. You have your school. voluntary camp. That should be coming up, right? Let me see. I'm gonna I see. think it's like the first week in June. Uh, Looks like that's going to be. Our uh, comments were quiet tonight. April. Man. A voluntary is going to be. uh No. So it already happened. Uh, off OTAs going to be May 23rd to the 25th. Then the 31st to June 2nd and June 5th to June 8th. So, so weekends week off. June. So weekends off. Nah, 23rd. And then mandatory minicamp will be July 13th through the 15th. So the 23rd they start, which I believe, you know, it's during the week. And then, Damn, I have that next week off from work. I'm going to miss minicamp practice. I'm taking – I took uh, the 5th through the 9th off, but that's because the babies do the first week of July, so we're expecting the baby somewhere between the 16th to the – That's the week I'm off, the, the 17th through the 21st. Yeah, we're expecting like the, the 16th through the through the 4th, 6th time frame of July. So – I took off the 5th through the 9th so that I can take the girls to the zoo during the week because it's cheaper. So that, you know, they can have some good times before uh, the baby baby gets here. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only reason I think I'm not going to be able to go to the Houston game this year with with Damon, unfortunately. But I'm going to try and hit a college game with them at least. Maybe sometime in like October, November. Maybe go to a TCU game with them. All right, y'all. I'm getting off here. I got work in the morning. Yeah, bro. We we, we went pretty long. Oh, yeah. We definitely went the distance. Um, But, yeah, we went through the division. Houston, I gave you guys a ton of love, so I'm hoping – Jacksonville, I gave Um, y'all a ton of love. All right, Duval. I've been talking trash about y'all all week in the AFC South. I didn't really love what Tennessee did too much. Me and Matt Matt still think you guys are going to be a steady ship, so – um, the biggest, I think the division is going to be more competitive be than our shoe. Our division, gonna, I mean, it's going to be more questionable for us. So um, we got to definitely. Hey, get DC right. scored. Um, yeah, they did. They're going for two right now. Um, so yeah, uh, that was pretty much our division uh, wrap up. I'm not sure. I think it's next week. Matt will be out of here, so um, we'll try and give you guys something here. Hopefully, it's a. Uh, me and Zach and, and maybe uh, Trevor Damon will be along with us, and we'll try and give you guys some content. But we'll we'll keep out of the uh, records predictions um, until the following week. And we'll yeah, try and go we'll more a little bit. We, yeah, we'll we do a great job of doing record predictions, and we have so much fun. And I think me and Demarco we we disagree a lot, so I think doing the record predictions is going to be fun because we're going to go through game game each game every week. And we're gonna split it up. We'll we'll figure that out on the side on how we're gonna split it up. But yeah, I'm out. So y'all. we'll get we'll get more of an NFL wide. All right, Zach. Appreciate you. Appreciate you tonight. Get some rest, buddy. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, we'll try and give you guys some more NFL wide um, content on the predictions um, once Matt gets back uh, a little bit next week. Uh, I plan on uh, trying to get some um, guests that are different teams while we do these um, because they're, it's more fun when you can get some guys in here that are a different point of view than us. I have a few people in mind that I'm going to hit up um, for the first week that we do the uh, predictions. I'm going to try and bring a guy in named Jeffrey uh, Lodick. He kind of – Helped us get this started a few years ago. I'm going to try and bring him in. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. So it'll be pretty fun. We'll use the um, – I think they, they've labeled it as the playoff predictor website, but they do the whole season. Everybody's seen it. You can go through. You can do it every single week. So Yeah, I got to remember the one that I used last time. You won't, we wouldn't be able to really separate it by division, but it'll go through each week. No, yeah, we do, we didn't separate it by division, man. When we did it before, we just did straight by just went in H-T and predicted suite. every team, every single yeah. team, and went through. I think that year we actually had Seattle and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Um, we got Kansas City right, but I think it was San Fran that made the Super Bowl. But Yeah. So, yeah, that's what we'll have for you guys. We'll try and uh, keep it coming. And when, and, uh, obviously, for Colts fans, um, uh, I think we're on the 12th, 13th. Uh, so right we won't now. have we won't have uh, Colts um, anything from uh, minicamp or OTAs or anything like that. So we'll definitely try and put something together for you guys. And then uh, hopefully um, guys aren't too busy. And we'll see how it goes. So appreciate yes, everybody sir. for tuning in tonight. If you guys aren't watching, the XFL championship right now is a six-point game. Uh, It's in the third quarter between the uh, Renegades and D.C. Uh, It's 26-20. to Uh, Renegades were up 17-0 at one point, so it's a pretty good game right now. Um, If you guys want to go check that out, please go watch it. It's pretty cool. Uh, First championship game of XFL since 2003. Hell yeah. And they are still eight and a half point favorites. So we'll see how it closes out. But appreciate everybody tonight. We'll see you again soon. It's always go Colts. I'll miss y'all next week. Miss y'all. Go Colts. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alec Pierce spikes it into the